All right, y'all, we are cranking up another broadcast healing edition of the Robert Yeah Bell Show, where it's April 5th, 2023, and it's still snowing. <laughs> what the heck is going on? All right, we need the water, so it's okay. Depending on where you are, you might be experiencing spring or summer already. But glad to be here with you. Got a great show lined up. First hour guest, first time on the Robert Scott Bell Show, Dr. Jurgen Winkler, uh, integrative physician. He's seen a lot. He's been through a lot. He's done a lot of great things, and I'm happy to have him on. Connected through my friend, Bobri, uh, and we'll talk about his use as a physician of the Folium products, including, he told me before we went to air, the Folium Relax is getting very popular in his uh, uh, patient clientele. So I'm excited to hear about how he's utilizing it as a powerful antioxidant and more as well as, um, well, something you've probably heard me say for a while, that the uh, pharmaceutical industrial complex, which is part and parcel to the medical monopoly, its investment in profitability is via making you sick. The earlier they can get you, the better, and especially kids. And there's an article at the Defender that'll go into that. We got a whole lot more to do. I'll see you in the chat room. If you have questions or comments live on the air, it's robertscatbell.com slash listen. And you can find the chat room. It's free. It's open 24-7. And we'll get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Ready to go however we got to go here in the midst of a, a, a winter that doesn't end in certain areas. And, of course, the idea of uh, climate shifting and changing, again, the nature of nature is change. And we are here to roll with it. The survivability is not the most fittest. It's survivability, the most adaptable. How adaptable you are. In terms of, uh, you know, the microbial world, that means... It may be expressing new genetic material to adapt to an environment that is changing artificially, or some might be saying sometimes naturally. But the idea is, how do you heal? Part of it is adapting to the environment, but part of it is altering the environment that, uh, to create an environment that supports your life, supports your health, supports the vital functions of your cells. And that which supports them includes something known as a microbiome. And the alteration of the terrain of your gut is enough to have microbial life forms manifest and proliferate that weren't there before, or if they were, they were there hanging out in, in a, a kind of a, a beneficial way. And now suddenly they're they're looked at as evil twins of some kind. They are out to get you. They're going to kill you. That's what they call often an infection. The question is, is the infection the cause of the infection or is the terrain corruption that gave rise to the growth of certain microbial life forms that you don't like? Is that the cause? It's, it's sort of a chicken and egg question that we don't, are not shy about talking about here from time to time. And we'll get to that. But in terms of creating dis-ease or diagnosed diseases, how much of a role does the pharmaceutical industrial complex play in actually setting the stage for a very unnatural and artificial manifestation of things that they then sell you stuff like drugs that they then profit from. And then the question is, is that conflict of interest comfortable for you when you go to somebody who profits from your ongoing sickness? Or where are the concepts in maybe ancient healing modalities or villages in, in you know ancient lands 
where the concept of caring for the people in that culture or community given over the responsibility, at least in part, to a healer of some kind, when that healer was compensated only when everybody was doing great, when everybody was well, when everybody was healthy. And I posit the question, what is the motivation of our so-called medical system in a system where they only get paid when you are sick and when you are managing those sicknesses? And that was part of the question that we asked in the documentary film, Utah Safe and Effective, question mark. As we highlighted, spotlighted a number of people who had been injured by the COVID jab, more than we could fit into the film, and then went into these institutional conflicts of interest between medicine and state, medicine and media, medicine and even church. Fascinating. And I hope that you'll watch that. It's absolutely free for anybody from around the world, wherever you are. Go to utahsafeandeffective.org. And you can watch that, share that. And, and it's very heavily referenced. So if you want to share it with a, a physician, a doctor, a scientist, everything is also outside of the film hyperlinked. So you can actually investigate where we got the information from. So you can see we didn't make anything up. Very, very heavily reviewed and, and uh, uh, validated. So utahinfective.org. I want you to check that out. Now, as far as the opening uh, story, again, the Defender doing great work here. They're, they're covering a recent uh, video interview by Russell Brand, the comedian Russell Brand out of England. The more I hear about this guy, the more I like him. Although I know there are many people out there saying, well, he's just controlled opposition. And I know you could just, everything's controlled opposition. I mean, we can't have a communication. We can't have a discussion because everybody's controlled opposition. At what point do you go, you know what? The spirit can move somebody, even who's on the inside of these, uh, uh, let's say, organizations, to do something good as well. And uh, to, to recognize that there's more to life than nefariously controlled opposition. That if you're connected to the source of all healing and all wisdom, that is God, that is spirit, that you can navigate the terrain where, yeah, there are people that are, I acknowledge, controlled opposition. But at what point can you not function because everything is that? So let's just take it at face value for the moment and see there was an interview that Russell Brand did on his uh, show, Stay Free with Russell Brand, interviewing a consultant turned whistleblower from Big Pharma and Big Food, Callie Means, discussing how big food profits by selling addictive food and making kids sick and how Big Pharma makes money from treating that sickness. Now, that's not new for you if you've been with me for the 24 years I've been broadcasting here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. But it's still a hard concept to, 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 to really swallow and somehow make peace with that our entire Western medical system, as it's set up as a monopoly, is not designed to heal you, but is designed to create ailments and illnesses and diseases that can be officially diagnosed and then treated with the products of the pharmaceutical industrial complex, with cor which corrupted medical education, at least officially, beginning in 1910 with the Flexner Report which said that the only medical schools that would be legitimized and accredited were teaching now from now on patented petrochemical pharmacology as a response to the ailments that would be created through the petrochemical monopolies of the Rockefeller and Carnegie's foundations, for instance. And here we are all these decades, or in fact, a century later since that time. And remember what happened a century to the year of the 1910 Flexner Report? 2010, Obamacare. What was that and how interesting it was 100 years to the year. 
That was the point at which they desperately needed to mandate participation in insurance, fraudulent insurance schemes to cover only that which the pharmaceutical industrial complex, as it runs through the captured agency known as the FDA, I call the Fear and Death Administration, to manage diseases and to eliminate all competition to those of us who would actually look at disease as a as, a, as an imbalance of the terrain, the environment, and the milieu, as a deficiency of vitamins, minerals, trace minerals, essential fats, as a, a burden, a toxicological burden that displaces those minerals. And our focal point on healing would be what? To detoxify the body, to counteract the oxidative stress, to give the body that which it needs to sustain itself. Now, in this article, um, they reference uh, some quotes and I'm not going to read the quote until I know the little clip we have here, Super Don, so I can uh, bounce off of that. And then we're going to be joined by first-time guest, Dr. Jurgen Winkler, uh, an integrated physician in California. Who we've connected through my friend Babri Oren with Folium, Folium Products, FoliumPX.com. And I'm fascinated to hear his take on all of this as well because he's a, I can tell he's a bright light and he's seen a lot and been through a lot and he's helping a lot of people. So, Super Don, if you don't mind, show us that little clip from the uh, Russell Means broadcast with this interview that brought to light the Defender article I'm referring to uh, as we open the show today. Go ahead. The problem in America right now is that 75% of our diet is ultra-processed fake food, which we are not biologically made to eat. Our body is reacting to foreign substances and causing all this disease. If you took out those three ingredients, sugar, seed oils, and highly processed grains, this is not hyperbolic. You would not have heart disease, which is the number one killer. You would not have type 2 diabetes. You would actually eliminate, to a large degree, Alzheimer's, which is now called type 3 diabetes, many forms of cancer, infertility, all of these things relate to food, but there's profit, Russell, in complicating the issue. Bloody hell. That's pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is part of the conflicts of interest I've been talking about. And in the documentary film I mentioned, we reference that if you are profiting from disease, your incentive is to maintain disease completely, continuously occurs. And if you manage other people's diseases to the point that they don't have them again, then you now have to find new customers. And where are they targeting new customers? Usually through the pediatric community and the injection complex, that is the vaccine industrial complex, that facilitates chronic debilitating diseases, injuries, sometimes even death. And it's a, it's a, a grand disillusionment. It's a hard thing to go uh, and acknowledge. I grew up in a medical pharmaceutical family. My uncle, the doctor, the physician told me, little Scotty Bell at the time, you do not want to be a doctor. I said, Uncle Bob, that's all I want to do. I want to help people. I want to heal people. I want to heal myself. And he was right when I realized at Emory University that the things doctors did to me for the first 18, 19 years of my life would make me even more miserable if I did that to anyone else. And that's where five years later, God put in my path a homeopathic doctor that I could learn from and learn natural medicine, detoxification, organic food, on and on it goes, supplementing, et cetera. And that's where we are moving forward. And there are good physicians that recognize this and are working hard to get people off of the drugs, not putting them on more. I suspect that one of them is here today, Dr. Jurgen Winkler. And we have him linked up at, in his uh, website, qfmed.com, quantum functional medicine. Pretty extraordinary, the things that he does there. And it seems like you might not even have to go across the border to uh, Tijuana to get his services down there in Southern California. Dr. Jurgen Winkler, welcome to the hey, how are you? Hi, Robert. Thanks for the introduction. Robert. You got it. Glad to have you on board today. And, uh, you know, I just, if you have any commentary based on your um, 
experience as a physician or what you learned even before you became a physician about what the state of healthcare is in America or in the Western world and how, how off we are in terms of really helping people to heal. So my story does go back to really not knowing much about naturopathic medicine or even homeopathic medical school in 1980. Sure. Uh, Dr. Winkler, could you pause for a moment? Cause we had a test and it was working great. And now I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of dropouts in your audio. Can you uh, leave the, the thing and try to reconnect and maybe we can reestablish a better shot. I don't want to lose any of your words because they're so important to me and, and what I want to share today with our audience. Okay. Should we just pop out of the app and go back in again? Yeah. Try to reconnect and see if All we right. can reestablish a good connection there. Um, and we'll, we'll do. Yeah. All right. We'll make it. Make it happen. All right. That's Dr. Winkler. Y'all check his website out. We'll get him back on in just a moment here. And uh, super Don, was it, was it just me or was the, the, the opening going wigwammy too? Yeah, something something weird going on. I went back and listened to it. I'm like, ah, because you yeah. know, I can't tell from on this end. Yeah. Um, and it sounded fine for me. It was playing great for me. Yeah. But apparently it wasn't for you. No. And so this last clip I played seemed to be fine. So who knows? You know, uh Anthony Fauci's playing with the internet. Okay. <laughs> that ex uh, you know, always explains it. Uh, <clears throat> all right, let's see if we can get Dr. Winkler back on and hopefully everything's good again. Go ahead, Dr. Winkler. Is that better? Yeah, thank you. Much better. Okay. Continue you sharing your story because it's an important backstory. Well, no, the, the, the story really is, is is that I've looked at medicine from a different perspective, and we didn't have naturopaths and homeopaths in the, in the 80s when I was looking to get into medical school. Right. So I kind of had to kind of backdoor it and, and get through asking questions about medicine. Why, why do people get sick? What about how do people get well? Mm -hmm. It's really a bigger question, right? So what, what has to be involved in people's will to actually do something different so that they actually do get better? And the system doesn't answer those questions. So I was looking into Chinese medicine because that was a school near me when I was in medical school in Baltimore. I could go down there and get lectures and, and read and, and learn a little bit more about the holistic view of medicine and get mm -hmm. a better perspective. So I've been always combining different thoughts and elements into what I do so that I can really bring about a healing environment for the patient. Like, why do they want to get well? Do they want to get well? And well, so as you as you know, Doctor Winkler, if you ask too many questions during medical school, they'll find a way to kind of weed you out, right? We don't need people asking questions. We need people that follow our instructions. And of course, now as you know, fully functioning physician out there, you have some level of autonomy. Although we've seen many of your colleagues be attacked in the COVID three three or so years because they question the narrative or or they actually utilize substances, whether they be natural or otherwise, that actually succeeded to help patients live, not die, like what was happening in the hospital protocols. Right. I mean, you could open up a can of worms just talking about COVID and how that was managed and what we basically saw from a patient perspective. But there was also a lot of things people were doing in terms of you know, black marketing, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. I mean, there were things that were happening that people were doing. And they also knew that they could do vitamin C and quercetin. And it was pretty interesting. Um, I, I ordered from a, a couple of different supplement companies. And when I actually had COVID and I was looking for zinc, I could not find a single company, hundreds, literally going through hundreds of different companies. I could not find any nutritional company selling zinc during mm -hmm. COVID. I'm like, did it dry up or did somebody just tell them they can't make this available? Right. I don't know. It's really kind of an interesting thing because the things that we actually need and, and the you know the literature, the, the words out there as to what we should be doing to protect mm -hmm. ourselves wasn't really available. Yeah. And it's astonishing how much those physicians that utilize things 
it, it, you know, they were they. What was the big thing? It was um, on uh, the big podcast of the world. What's that guy's name? I can't even think of it. Super Don. You know, the number one podcast on planet Earth. He's on Spotify, even though I'm banned on Spotify. Is that McCullough, Doctor McCullough? Yeah, McCullough. Uh, you're talking about Joe Rogan. On Joe Rogan. Oh, Ro- yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? In the midst of it, yeah. here he is. Ta- and he, this uh, McCullough, who I've met many times, I've even been on stage with him speaking on different topics. I have to say he's a man of great integrity. He's very intelligent. And he didn't know a lot about what he knows today. And even so, he's acknowledging things he doesn't know. Um, was very all in on previous vaccinations as such. And now, uh, through more and more as he's learned or encountered, has found, my gosh, they lied to us about the COVID jab. I wonder if, this is the next question, I wonder if we were lied to about anything else. That's how I got my start, asking that question. And then he starts going back and back, and then suddenly it's like, wow, I was I was deceived. You know, the smartest people in the world can be easily deceived on many of these issues. Well, if you listen to Judy Mikovits, if you read her book, or you listen to uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., mm-hmm. uh, the Mercury Project, and some of the other things, I mean, I almost... When I got the book Plague of Corruption and I read the introduction by Robert Kennedy Jr., I was so embarrassed by what my, you know, my colleagues had done. Yes. I was so embarrassed about our profession. And I almost couldn't read the book. I found it took me a few months to actually pick it back up again and actually get through it. And, of course, you begin to see more of the sort of James Bond type story that actually she actually went through yeah. in terms of, you know, her life and, and being imprisoned and, when basically really trying to hush her up from really getting out there and saying anything about the truth. Yeah. I got to hang out with her this past weekend for her birthday. We had a great time. And in the, in the history of Judy Mikovits, I didn't realize initially, it took me years later to find out. I was the first interview she granted and gave after the gag order was lifted. Oh, wow. Uh, speak again. And I had, you know, I was very suspicious of her and I told her this, I was like, you're coming out of an arena of corruption like I already knew because I had studied about the scam of AIDS and HIV. You know, I had interviewed dissident doctors like Professor Peter Duesberg, Harvey Bialy, uh, protease inhibitor inventor uh, uh, David Rasnick out of Georgia Tech. I mean, all these people questioned the entirety of the causation hypothesis of AIDS. And, and not that AIDS or immune deficiency uh, was, wasn't real. I mean, that was real. But what the cause of it was radically different than what they claim. And Fauci had his fingerprints all over all of that. And so interviewing Mikevitz about, I'm like, are, are you, which side are you on? Right. And of course <laughs> I've come to know her and I love yeah. her dearly. She's just yeah. got a heart of gold. She's very spirit uh, Christ focused as well in her life. And uh, again, this is a, 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 the story of the history of medicine in the West going back to what really opened my eyes when I first started learning homeopathy was the book or series of books called divided legacy uh, by Harris Coulter. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I had I'd never heard the word homeopathy in my first 24 years of life as an American. Right, right. Find Why out it was Civil War museums. They're all filled with homeopathic medical kits right. from the 19th century. I'm like, how did they miss that? So I <laughs> to say, if you can erase history or things in history, you can control the present and the future. And so your profession, as I say, and and kudos to you for saying exactly what I said, because I'm embarrassed for doctors and scientists who don't see this that didn't see this yet when they do, I'm welcoming them in with open arms and all the love in my heart to say, thank you for coming on over because now we've got some work to do to correct all of that. Yeah. It's an uphill battle, but every day you basically, the theme is what are we going to do to change the, the face of medicine and how it's practiced on a day-to-day basis, but you can only do that. You know, one person at a time, one patient at a time is, is a start, but really need to get it into the educational system. Mm-hmm. and really begin to to reformat the whole thing and that's kind of a big that's a big project 
Oh, it's huge. Now, if I go to I go to your website, we have it up, uh, qfmed.com, quantum functional medicine. And you look at services. I hit that services tab. I'm like overwhelmed with all the services you you offer. A lot of the stuff I see that's offered across the border in Tijuana, I've been to some of those places, which are pretty amazing. And I'm, you know, I'm asking myself, how is it you're doing that stateside? Because we don't have a lot of health freedom or medical freedom in this in the states to be able to do the things that are, you know, very needed right now. And some of these therapies are, uh, well, I think they're needed more desperately because of the how we've corrupted nature through medicine that we're using um, hopefully good things in medicine to counteract that as well. But I'm looking at the things here. It's a uh, bioresonance therapy, cardiovascular, chronic stuff, sports medicine, IV therapies, cancer care, detox, hormone therapy, immunotherapy, et cetera. Uh, how is it that you're able to navigate the, the, what we know of the controlled uh, terrain of medicine in America? Well, there, there's been a lot of uh, difficulty in the past. Um, you know, the, the medical board is, is obviously not interested in the kind of work that we're doing. And they don't really get you on doing that kind of work because there are laws that allow alternative medicine to be practiced in the state of California. They really get you at, at an administrative level. If you say something on your website that's not, quote, ethical, or if you, uh, you don't keep up with your medical records exactly the way they want them. So, you know, there's certain, there's certain ways in which they can get at you. And there's a lot of doctors here that, that have done some things that just have gotten him in trouble. And I think stick, sticking your neck out is one thing, but the, the big one right now is what the medical board's been after is these vaccine exemptions. And I've pretty much just kept out of it. I just didn't really want to get too involved with it because I knew that was just putting a, a bigger, you know, bigger bull, bullseye on my chest and I just didn't need the, the hassle. But how, how, how inappropriate is it that these state boards of medicine that often couldn't, you know, if, if there are doctors on the board, could they actually function as a doctor? Uh, telling you what is right or wrong for your patient, you know, what happened to the sacred relationship that they've destroyed utterly and miserably that you couldn't assess as a physician with all the qualifications you have to say, you know what, I think that this injection or these injections may be contraindicated for your good health and you're right, but they'll come after your license for doing that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, this is the standard of the, the issue, the standard of care model isn't mm -hmm. really I, my mind is not really legitimate. So I think when you start beginning to say, I'm part of the community, there's a lot of natural past part of the community. There's a growing group of physicians that are part of a community that are providing a different level of service that the standard of care really doesn't begin to apply anymore. So I think that there are ways in which we can show and there's more evidence to support what we do. So people talk about evidence-based medicine. That to me in my mind almost just sounds like pharmaceutical but we actually have a lot more evidence on our side. We just, it's just not published in, in journals like The Lancet or the New England Journal of Medicine, which yeah. we now find is corrupt as well. So, you know, we're, we got more and more data supporting what we do. And I think as long as we can keep showing that we have that data, we can justify what we're doing. And if we have experience, and, and I think from what I've also studied is that, that clinical experience predominates even the literature. So yes. if I say I've been doing X, Y, and Z, and patients are responding in such a good fashion that I will continue to do X, Y, and Z unless I find something that works better, All right? So I kind of got into this whole thing asking a question is, can we do this better? And that's what I'm constantly looking to do. Can this be done better? Even the stuff that I do, can this be done better? Yes, and I want to come back to the clinical experience. That's the start, the observational experience within any scientific endeavor, it starts there. You have an observation. Now, if you can continue to duplicate and see benefit, even if you haven't gone through what they call 
uh, peer-reviewed article literature type things, uh, you still have this track record of experience in reporting on this. And there are, of course, clinical and case studies that are in peer-reviewed articles or journals. But as you point out, that these journals have become so corrupted and conflicted with interest, economic or otherwise, that peer review is not what you think it is anymore. It becomes a method by which you can constrain the uh, movement of what we call scientific discovery or validation only within a certain parameter or pathway, a box, if you will. And if you start right. identifying things that can do things they don't want you because they're not profitable for them, they can say, well, we've uh, uh, we've peer reviewed this and we don't think this or it gets by peer review. It's published. And then they say, well, we got to retract it. How many good articles have been retracted by uh, Professor Dr. Brian Hooker on many issues, including the vaccine issue, simply because they upset the apple cart for the uh, pharmaceutical interests? Right. So, I mean, actually, one of the things I've, I've been thinking about is, is we really need to step out and actually create different journals, different organizations that actually support physicians. So. Because every time I talk to an organization that has, uh, you know, what do you call ICIM, right? There's an International College of Integrative Medicine. There's ACAM. None of them have a really good legal protection plan in, in place for physicians. And that needs to be kind of where it starts. Because I'm more than happy to step to step out and do things that I think are innovative, that I think are, are really well, well-meaning for patients. But there is that part of me that goes, well, am I, how much legal hassle am I going to get into and what protection do I have? So I really think as moving forward that there has to be a better set of, of rules and, and, and a better set of well-trained attorneys that know how to protect us in, in, each, in, in each individual state because the rules change from state to state, right? Sure. Texas has the worst board, California, New York. They've got some really tough medical boards. Yeah, and I would say, uh, uh, you know, this is for me the real liberty message. I would say maybe we should consider or rethink the whole idea of licensure. Because the control of the physician, into not for the protection of the public, but to limit innovation, is done through these licensing boards in many cases. And that is not uh, you know, honoring of what we would call a sacred relationship, a doctor-patient relationship, nor the innovation through clinical experience and observation to continue to push the envelope in a positive way. Now, I'm not saying that nobody would ever take advantage of it or it could be a problem, but that which is fully, uh, let's say, proscribed and prescribed and approved of by the FDA is now known as the third leading cause of death and arguably <laughs> me, wow. the second or first because that which they approve can create cancer and heart disease too. So right. uh, again, the system itself is so messed up that we, we might need to write, I say might, a lot of doctors are also saying this, we've got to step outside of that public domain and set up a parallel track so we can actually help people again. Correct. The, the question is who's, who's out there that can do this? Right, right. And, and where, where are you going to get the political support for that as well, right? Because everybody is is, in, is part of the system that supports the FDA and the government regulations on everything. Yeah. So, uh, so. You know, I, I very much feel for your journey, and I am appreciative of what you're doing, despite all that we know. And that's great. And, of course, you have to navigate it in a very careful way, and I get that, in order to do what you're doing to help folks that are in need. So I'm grateful uh, to connect with you here. And I know you've been at – the Red Pill Expo, Health Freedom Expo, different things that you've done and um, would love to connect with you at one of these events in the future. Now, I want to to Yeah, I want to talk to you about, if you don't mind, uh, our friend Babri Oren connected us. And Babri's a sweet man. He really is a nice guy. He's so driven to help people. And yeah. he introduced us and me to uh, a couple of years ago. And I, I'm a, I'm a toe dipper kind of guy. I'm very slow to adopt something new, even if it's based on some good. I really want to analyze it, read about it, hear it. And talk to other physicians, doctors of all kinds to see, hey, what's going on here? 
and I'm getting enough positive response that I'm going, all right, well, let's put this into play. I gave the folium PX to my mom, the three prong, the folium. Um, here, I've got the three products here. These are the uh, folium super antioxidant. This is a folium PX I'm holding up here. Then the three pronged approach I, I talk about now is the folium um, immuno. Yeah, and right. relax. And my mom right. got on it in two weeks. And I described to you briefly before we went to air, she's in her 80s and that wasn't doing as well as she had for much of her life, not on medications and things, but lost a lot of the energy and a lot of functionality. And then two weeks after going on the folium, she got energy back. She slept better. She went out dancing in the new year. She danced on her 89th birthday. I'm thinking, dude, there is something extraordinary. <laughs> yes. I talk about it as a Chernobyl level antioxidant. Talk to me about your experience, if you don't mind. Yeah, so I've been probably looking at this for about five or six years. I think I've known Bobby since like, what, 2017, somewhere mm -hmm. in that in that time frame. And we've looked at that. We've used that particular product, Folium, quite a bit. We use it for almost every person that gets a PET CT scan mm -hmm. or any particular um, exposure to radiation. We have everybody taking that. And so when we, um, we started with that, which we got good results with, and we also noticed that people with joint aches, people with other inflammatory conditions would respond really well. So we continued with using it on a regular basis. It became part and parcel of almost every good program. Like we talked to people, they need their multivitamins, you need your, your fish oils or whatever, you're taking your vitamin D, but you really need something like, like a strong antioxidant that also detoxifies the body. So I've used this and done some research on my own. My, um, my free radical levels will drop when I take this product. The um, heavy metals that are in my body will get removed. So mm -hmm. heavy metals is, is really an important discussion because we all have them. If you live in California, I've got enough evidence to show you that we, are all, we all have been exposed to radioactive cesium. It's all over the West Coast. It's all over the fish. Yeah. And so if you're eating fish and you are... You know, you're going to get exposed to mercury and cesium. You should be taking something like folium to offset some of the negative effects of that. And then also know that we're being exposed to thallium, thorium, uranium, aluminum, and barium. Just sort of look up in the air and ask yourself what's, what's being dumped up there. Mm -hmm. But we're seeing it, and I'm seeing it on heavy metals testing as to what people are being exposed to. So something like folium is really going to be a, a big player in keeping people healthy moving forward. Because you were just seeing more and more toxicity, and you can't you can't get away from it. You you mentioned to me, and I like what you do too. This is kind of what I try to do: is put it to the test, right, in your own body. Right. And you had taken like what twelve folium capsules in a day, and then analyzed what was coming out. Did you see evidence of binding and excreting? Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. So I took uh, twelve capsules in the morning. So I mixed. You can mix. Actually, interesting thing about folium is you can open up the capsules and mix it in green tea, and you get a little bit of a better benefit. Mm. I don't know if Bobby's told you that. No, no, but this you, is great. Yeah, so it, it makes the tea a bit bitter, but I always use an additional uh, amino acid called glycine because glycine is slightly sweet, mm -hmm. so it offsets any bitter taste. So I was putting that in with the with that mixture. So I basically took like six capsules and drank and put six of them in green tea and drank that. So I was getting that in there pretty quickly. And then for the next 12 hours, I collected my urine. And so we then send that to the lab. So I don't, I don't remember the full extent of what we did because it's been like it's been years ago but i remember pulling mercury out pulling lead out pulling aluminum cesium barium the things that we get exposed on a regular basis do come out with repetitive use and ongoing use of, of yeah and this to me doesn't preclude the use yeah. of things like selenium which we know also can have an effect like that as a powerful antioxidant but uh i you know as i'm looking at the ingredients here and maybe talk to me about some of this uh, the extract of pine parks, uh, pine bark uh, parts, including needles, bark, and cone, 
as well as rapeseed. Right. And um, this, these are botanical ingredients made by God, not by man, but, you know, collected in this right. formulation to counteract some devastating things man is doing. Yeah. So there's an interesting book written by, um, I cannot remember his first name, Cass something. He wrote a book and he was talking about where antioxidants actually are stronger in the plant mm -hmm. world. And he said, he said, you know, if you're down, if you're down in, let's say, the, the Peruvian forest someplace, right, in the jungle, they're not really environmentally stressed, right? There's probably some heat, but they've got plenty of moisture. But if you go further north into the tundra, you've got pine trees that are actually growing and thriving in an environmentally challenged Very hostile environment. Place. So, right. So, so, therefore, there's probably greater protection in those particular plants than there would be in, let's say, the, the jungles, right? So... If you look at that kind of thing, so pine trees, if you think about it, in the middle of wintertime when it's cold and it's freezing, they're still green. So what's protecting them from still being the color, that natural color? So it makes sense that something that like pine needles would, would, would do something healthy to our bodies as well. And I think that's kind of what they really discovered, right? The products that actually are environmentally challenged have greater amounts of antioxidants and are more powerful put into a product that we can take. That sounds like uh, something Cass Ingram would write about. Maybe Cass, the, yeah. That's, yeah, that's Definitely. yeah. I remember I read a couple of his books. Yeah, he yeah. was extraordinary. And and yeah, you're right. Yeah. In this regard, we look at the natural world and say, what adaptive strategies have developed in certain species of plant or animal life, and what can we learn from that? How can we apply that? And it, you know, when we right. look at things like, as I talk about Chernobyl level events, we're living in them all of the time, whether they make the news or not. You pointed out, rightly so. Uh, radiation exposure on the West Coast. We've been concerned about that since what was it, 2011, with what happened in, in in Fukushima, inevitably, you know, contaminating even the Pacific Ocean as big as it is. Right. And mercury, of course, is is a, a ever present in the environment, but more so since man and the industrial revolution. Much less medical uh, use of mercury, whether it be dental amalgams, which they're kind of trying to phase out, but they pretended wasn't harmful and or injections as a preservative agent in vaccines or other other uh, pharmaceutical products, which still is still in use to some degree. And yet, you know, I've, I've, I've always said, you know, what can we use to counteract that? That's why I keep coming back to selenium and other uh, minerals and antioxidants. But this thing seems again, next level. It seems like you've had some experience with that. Yeah. So, so Rob, what's really, really crucial to understand is yeah, selenium is a really good product to take as is mm -hmm. zinc. But mercury knocks those particular things out of the out of the center of the molecule in which selenium and zinc actually operate. So you have to get rid of the mercury to get the zinc and the selenium back in again. Well, you know, they're, That's they're, actually yeah, why they're used to bind it, but it depletes them, the mercury presence. Yeah, but it also it shows up in a hair analysis. So if you actually see high levels of zinc and selenium in a hair analysis, then you go back and say, well, what's causing that? You probably mercury. mercury yeah, I agree. Because that will block that, right? So cadmium is also another big one, mm -hmm. and lead. You get cadmium, lead, and mercury, you really start having a lot of damage in the body. So getting them out, so getting them out and then replenishing them at the same time, right? So the antioxidants will pull those things out, but you want to go back in there and you want magnesium, zinc, potassium, selenium, all the things that we actually need, which would otherwise be in our food. It's just no longer Correct. There. And we're not eating food that's so, rich with those minerals. We're not eating like our ancestors. Right. Uh, I've seen, again, a lot of overuse of, of zinc and vitamin C resulting in even more copper depletion. And copper is right. 80% reduced from when they first started analyzing the soil. So we, we are dealing in massive deficiencies and, and you know, that's how we go ahead. There's a, there's a super easy thing that you can do and that's called mineral taste testing. We do it in the office all the time. It's basically, you're taking those concentrated minerals and all you do is put a drop on a, um, 
on a, on a spoon and just taste it. If it tastes sweet, you're deficient in that particular mineral. If it tastes bland, you probably have adequate amounts. If it actually t- if it tastes horrible, you have excess amounts. So that is actually a nine-fold program. We buy it off of Body Bio. Um, we get it from BodyBio.com, and basically that min- whole mineral taste t- taste testing kit does iodine, potassium, mm-hmm. magnesium, zinc, molybdenum, manganese, copper, chromium. We are suffering pretty much from a chromium oh, yeah. deficiency on most people because of the amount of you know processed carbohydrates and sugars yep. in our diet. So that's a big issue. You, chromium repletion is like a whole separate topic because you have to spend a lot of time getting that back yeah. in again. right? So you can actually really simply do this on a monthly basis on yourself, weekly if you want, and you can replenish it with the actual liquids until you get to the point that you don't taste it or it begins to taste, you know, taste yucky. Then you, you realize, okay, I've got enough of that. Have those uh, tests been independently analyzed to cross-reference levels? Because I, I'm suspect by some of these mineral tests, that they test one area of the body. Like if we were to see a heart attack victim soon after that heart attack uh, and took their blood, they would test off the charts for, for copper, not because they're copper toxic, but because their body is dumping copper to manage the, the systemic inflammation and damage and help to elicit repair. So interpretation. Yeah, of- right. right. Elicits more VGF. Yeah. Uh, good, good question. So uh, there are enough labs out there that actually do measure minerals. So you could do minerals, vitamins, amino acids, and other things. You can even look at antioxidants. I'm surprised folium isn't on that, but we, we use cellular sciences. And then we also use like um, SpectraCell, uh, Vibrant Health. They all do those types of vitamin analyses. And they do them from a cellular level because if you understand, we talk about selenium and zinc, but you don't measure it in right. the blood. It doesn't operate in the blood. It operates inside right. the cell. So you have to actually go in there and measure what's inside the lymphocyte and say, okay, you got adequate amounts of Yes, it. exactly. Right. No, And I appreciate that uh, distinction. And you know, we, we've come to a lot of the same conclusions through different pathways to get here. And I'm, I'm just smiling right. on the inside and the outside as I'm listening to you <laughs> because that yeah. chromium issue is something we focused on for many years. We've been able to reverse type 2 diabetes regularly, supplementing uh, chromium and vanadium to some degree. And we see a complete right. reversal because, as you said, the refined carbs r- rip the minerals like chromium out. Our ability to manage and deliver, uh, you know, the energy into the cells and and r- get it out of the stored energy is it, it's mm-hmm. absent. You can have all the insulin you want with no chromium. You don't have anybody uh, at the dock to offload this stuff. So again, it's a very right. critical part. Now, I have a question from uh, our audience about the the, the taste uh, test kit thing. Um, can you say the the name of the lab or the uh, website if people can access? Yeah, so it's the, the company is called BodyBio.com, okay. and if you go on that website, you go through their supplement list, and they have they have a number of different liquid minerals, but they have a kit with nine minerals mm-hmm. in it, and those are the ones that you can order. And you very simply put a drop on the spoon, taste it, and you know you have your answer wow. immediately. Simplifies it, so folks. It's pretty, it's pretty easy to do. We do it in the office, but it. I mean, I think there's a level of accuracy because pa- patients that are like overweight and diabetic or pre-diabetic have chromium deficiencies, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right? So in, in certain circumstances, you know, like with high blood pressure, you would think that their, their um, you know, potassium, magnesium levels should be low. It depends upon whether they're supplementing it or taking it right before, right? So you have to kind of, hey, don't take your supplements. Let's avoid these for a day or two. Let's get a baseline and see what you're actually possibly deficient in, mm-hmm. right? So... We, and we do a lot of in-office testing for that purpose, like looking at free radical damage, looking at even oxalates, right? Oxalates are byproducts of metabolism that come out of the gut. And if you if those are present, those cause mitochondrial damage. It's very easy to assess in the office as a urine test. 
right? So there's so many things you can actually do. And and, and honestly, it's all it's all on Amazon. It's not hard to find out. I mean, I, I dug through some of these things. You buy these little kits. You can, they're urine dipsticks, and you can get a lot of information. Even your vitamins, are you taking adequate amounts of vitamin C? You can do a dipstick on that. It's very easy to do. We're talking with Dr. Jurgen Winkler, and he's at Quantum Functional Medicine, qfmed.com. Our connection through our friend Bobri Oren. Bobri is a wonderful man. He's introduced us to the Folium products, Folium PX. And as we said, uh, you know, they have the, the super you know, antioxidant uh, formula to start with. And you got Folium uh, Immuno. And then you had mentioned to me that a lot of your, your folks coming to see you are really digging the Folium Relax. What's going on with that? Yeah, so it's kind of nice in terms of improving sleep quality and just overall anxiety. I mean, you know, the whole spirit of fear and anxiety that kind of swept the, the planet. I think the Folium uh, Relax is kind of a nice product to kind of put people back into balance mm -hmm. again. So, and, and also helping with sleep and mood. So it's a nice little combination of things. Nice. For those of you who want to uh, yep. get these things directly, you can go to foliumpx.com. We have it linked up. You can use the code RSB10. Or if that doesn't work, just reach out to them. Someone, even Babri, might get back to you to hook you up and get you connected. Uh, one of the things I wanted to make sure we we understood about all your services there, um, you had sent Super Don a little video somebody went through. It's not fancy or anything, but maybe you can talk us through if they were to visit you. And uh, what what sure. part of it's uh, in California where you are at? We're in Carlsbad, about 30 miles north of San right. Diego. Right, very good. So Carlsbad area between San Diego, LA, but closer to San Diego. Uh, and it, you, maybe you can talk us through what we're seeing here as we watch this video. So let's see if we can get that visual. There it is. Yeah, it's just that we're in the second story, so this is the entryway. We kept it kind of small. It's I keep it modest. It's basically just an entryway. We have um, that's a PEMF room where we're using a pulse electromagnetic field device for really healing wounds and giving people lymphatic treatment. This is our reception area, front desk area. This is the hallway that goes down. This is the admin office. Then it goes down the hallway. You'll see uh, my office is here. Um, a lot of times I spend time talking to people. I also write up things on the diagram on the board. So there's a board on the right-hand side, which we write, put up a lot of things. The, I hired a naturopath, uh, Dr. Aljean. She's joined me uh, last year. She's doing really well. And so that's her office. We have a couple of things out here just to decorate in the office. We have a portable ultrasound device in the office. We also have a 12-watt laser, which is on the second shelf there, which is also very helpful for treatment of uh, you know anything musculoskeletal or even um even blood um we use a lot of dyes in the office you see that that particular machine is a zotzman machine that is uh, for giving ozone into mm -hmm. the blood pulling the blood out ozonating it putting it back in again this is a very unique device called the weber laser it is a uh, fiber optic device that actually will go into the vein and we will add a photoactive substance and then charge that substance with light, Very cool. low level uh, energetic light. Well, I appreciate the, the brief tour for those of you interested. Uh, I know there's a lot of medical tourism to Mexico and I understand why. And there's a lot of, uh, of good things happening there, but I wish there were more stateside. Uh, but I know you have to navigate a very dangerous regulatory environment despite the good work you're doing. Uh, and I'm just you know grateful that we could connect and let let our audience know from around the world in the United States as well that you're there. Yeah, the same for you. I mean, you're getting the word out. You're telling, you're connecting with a lot of people. You and I know a lot of uh, the same people that have been out there promoting integrative medicine, promoting really an improvement in the quality of medicine that can be delivered in this country. So keep up the good work as well. Oh, yeah. 
But thanks for the you time. You know too, it. Robert. Grateful to connect with you, Dr. Jurgen Winkler. Everybody check him out. Quantum Functional Medicine, QFMed.com. Love to have you back on because, I again, we, we can go anywhere on these subjects, and I know you're there. So appreciate oh, yeah. it. Yeah, it was a lot, a, lot of fun, a lot of fun things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, for sure. Well, stay well and look forward to seeing you at an event, hopefully near right. you or wherever you end up being. All right. All right. Thanks, day. Dr. Winkler. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate right. that. Yeah, great guy. You know, this is the thing uh, I've been asking Babri about physicians. It's like, I want to talk to some doctors that are working with the, uh, you know, the folium. And uh, the, he just like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll talk to you guys about it. And he's doing great work, including on his own body, tested and checked it out, the ability to bind and remove, as I've talked about, antioxidants uh, to the extent of extreme, you know, exposures that we're dealing with, even in an unbeknownst way, in a way that we don't know, we don't realize if you're eating a lot of the food. Now, uh, one of the stories we'll cover next hour, they're wanting to add, apparently, almost immediately, uh, mRNA injections, gene therapy into um, pigs and cows, probably in CAFO or factory farms, hopefully not organic, but still, for the folks that think, well, it's not important to eat cleaner, uh, what are they going to add to the food next before you go, okay, now it's time to eat cleaner, right? Organic quality, et cetera. And, um, you know, if you are kosher, you you better hope the rabbi has superpowers to pray away mRNA injections if the if the meat you're eating is kosher yet injected with this stuff. I'm just saying. I don't mean to offend, but it's a concern I have as we're exposed to a lot of things. My idea is to, it's not my idea, but reduce your exposure, minimize your exposure, but that which we have no control over, like we talk about the glyphosate. That is a, a you know a powerful oxidative stressor to the body. It can punch holes in your gut. And yeah, we've been using the dimethylglycine, the DMG, the inner DMG from Nutritional Frontiers, which is amazing. But I would not want to be without the folium at this point. The more we learn, the more we know, the more we need to counteract. And it's not just waiting for another Chernobyl disaster or another derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. It's recognizing that we are all exposed through food, water, and air to substances we've got to counteract. And uh, going to the wisdom of creation and nature herself and finding these substances that are put together in a beautiful way with the folium. And if you go to foliumpx.com, you can see the three-pronged approach, some of which we've talked about. If Bobbery can connect, I'm happy to have him on. I know that it's, it's, it's a challenge sometimes for the technology there, but I am encouraged by what I'm learning every day more and more. And I would encourage you all to put it to the test like Dr. Jurgen Winkler has done thus far. So thanks, Dr. Winkler, for being on board today. All right, what else we got here? Uh, I got a study about a, a story about ADHD, interestingly enough. Uh, this is in study finds, and it's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. And you can see this headline microbes causing a leaky gut, maybe triggering ADHD in children. Of course, my question is maybe it's yours too why is there a microbial imbalance? And as you go through the article, you see that indeed they're talking about um, opportunistics in a sense like candida albicans that occur and exist in all of us, but why in more abundance and proliferation than in others? And that correlates to things like ADHD in kids. You know, it's associated with leaky gut. And even though I know that candida albicans overgrowth can contribute to leaky gut, the question is, why is it overgrowing in the first place? Could it be a history of use of antibiotics or even one round of antibiotics not properly corrected? And when we get to the question of correcting antibiotic damage, it isn't just about putting probiotics in to the 
corrupted environment because the environment itself has to be corrected so that the balance can be restored and then maintained. Other things that they reference in this article, let's see, and they say, uh, okay, they acknowledge ADHD. They call it a neurodevelopmental disorder affecting behavior. Uh, they acknowledge it may develop from a multidimensional pathophysiology, fancy words, right? Including the bidirectional signaling pathways between the brain and the gut, gut-brain connection, right? Gut-brain axis, it's called. Gut microbiota, connection to the central nervous system. How does it impact? I mean, uh, we've talked about parasites, not only in the in the animal and, uh, kingdom, but the insect kingdom, causing, you know, turning certain insects into zombies, basically. Is it far afield to consider that your microbiome imbalance can result in all kinds of emotional and behavioral disorders. So they looked at, uh, let's see, um, the dominant phylum was Ascomycota or Mycota, followed by Basidiomycota and Mucoromycota. And they were also present in those with ADHD, but they said, here's the thing. The Ascomycota was significantly higher while the basidio mycota was lower. So we see an imbalance, uh, uh, opportunistic or dysbiosis present. Now, the penchant for the antibiotic-focused physician is, well, let's target somehow or let's use antibiotic or antimicrobial drugs to tamp that down. But that only makes worse the dysbiosis by attacking the integrity of biodiversity there. So for me, if I'm looking at this, I'm going, okay, we know that there are some things overgrown, some things undergrown. What I want to do is neutralize, if you will, level the playing field and restore the home for the microbiome so that if you decide to do pre and probiotic uh, therapies, that they have the right home to repopulate. Because if you have the wrong home, you can even put good guys in. And as I said before, you can have them, they will express stored or just kind of hanging out DNA to survive a hostile environment to them if they're able. And that creates, again, a situation of imbalance because you didn't correct that damage to the lining of the gut itself, the villi, et cetera. So there's a lot of things to consider beyond just using antimicrobial drugs or even natural antimicrobials like silver hydrosol, which I've utilized safely, that does not result in dysbiosis, does not result in opportunistics or damage to the microbiome biodiversity. So as we let's go, the candida albicans was the most abundant fungus in the gut and its levels were much higher in ADHD. Yes, yeast overgrowth is very common today in many people. The current study I'm quoting now is the first to explore altered gut microbiome dysbiosis using the NGS platform in ADHD. Findings from the study indicated that dysbiosis of the fungal microbiome, mycobiome, I'm sorry, uh, and intestinal permeability might be associated with susceptibility to HDHD. Now, this is published in the Journal of Child Psychology and Psychiatry. How many years, decades now, have I been saying this? It's like, okay, now they're now they get it. Now the question is, do you have a doctor that's willing to work with you in this way, or do you have to become your own doctor? Now, however, you get there, I, I don't mind so much as much that you get there. And the thing that I do and invest in mostly here in this show is to provide you with the opportunity to learn about these things and the tools that you can integrate into your home life, your family life, your work life that could restore integrity to the home for the microbiome and all of the benefits that come from that. Now, some of the things that we talk about are beyond just antibiotics. I mentioned glyphosate, other heavy metals, 
that can damage the home for the microbiome. In fact, I've argued that, and this is rooted in also the science, sciences, not Fauci. Fauci's not science. <laughs> but the yeast overgrowth is often the result of a heavy metal burden like excess mercury as well. And it's interesting that Dr. Winkler had mentioned that uh, the displacement, of, if you will, or the utilization of things like selenium in a high uh, mercury-containing situation means you have to keep replenishing. But using the botanicals that we learn about in the folium product can be a huge leg up now if you've been struggling with some of these ongoing toxicological burdens. And mom, if you're listening, yes, you must stay on that folium PX. Keep it going because it's countering you know, 89 years of exposure. Now, you've been aggressive, mom, at uh, reducing that over time. But there's all kinds of things in the environment that we have little or no control or awareness of that these natural botanicals like found in folium products can counteract safely. So if you guys haven't put that to the test, why not? What are you waiting for? Go to foliumpx.com, use the code RSB10. If that doesn't work, reach out to the company directly or somehow call Babbery and say, hey, what, why isn't that RSB code working? Because he, he'll make it right. He'll make good on it. And we want to get you that and get, get you all plugged into recoveries that you have yet to experience. Even if you've had a little or a lot, there's always another step on another level, another, uh, another thing that we can integrate. And that's why I was glad to have uh, Dr. Winkler on today to go through some of that as well. All right, Super D, uh, as far as the uh, uh, interactivity with uh, you and, and the, the funny opening today, did you figure out what might have happened? I don't know. Things are a little wonky. Your internet actually was kind of kind of glitching there just uh, a couple, a couple of, time. of times. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know what's going on. I didn't know if it was the snow or, as you said, Fauci. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at, at your um, studio there. It looks really clean and organized and something like really neat about it. Um, well, it's the, it's the camera, I think is, is, uh, the big deal at the moment I upgraded to a, a, a new camera. Looks great. Yeah. So I can, I can actually go 60 frames per second on this camera Whoa! in the right situation, but I uh, can see your nose hairs. Yeah. You don't want to do that. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've decided I'm going to start working the, if you saw the rest of the studio right now, yeah, it would be like, yeah. ah! Because I'm tearing everything down and and um, gonna do a few things here. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. Oh, well, and 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 it's a, it's a new computer too. I think the processor, you power on the thing, and the graphics card's making a difference too. But mm -hmm. very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Uh, upcoming events here. I know we're almost at the top of the hour. I don't think we have TMB today, so it's just you and me in hour two. We. Yeah. This is true. Yes. Wow. You, me, and Super D. How about oh. that, y'all? Mm -hmm. Quiet in the uh, chat room there. Not much going on. It's been I quiet the last few days, really. Yeah, where's everybody? You notice that? Where'd everybody go? Yeah. If you're in the chat room, say hello. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, any questions or comments, you can always submit them to robertscottbell.com. We'll get back to you eventually. It, usually on the air. <laughs> usually on the air. So. Sooner or later, we'll get back to you. I need to update the uh, upcoming events here. Well, yeah, this, this weekend is Easter weekend, but the following weekend, Friday, Saturday, the 21st and 22nd, if that's already almost on us, is the uh, Be Healthy Utah event, BeHealthyUtah.com. I, I think I sent you an email. We have like 10 free tickets we can give away, if I'm not mistaken, to the Be Healthy Utah event. Yeah, there, yeah, there were 10 tickets uh, that I saw in there, so I'll just have to get, we'll get that organized and maybe we can, we can, uh, we can do that tomorrow. 
Well, and I'll say this now as uh, those of you listening that want to be, um, if you want to be at the event and you want to get in for free, send a message through email to, to superdonaskrsb at gmail.com and say, I'd like a ticket to go. And it's a first come, first serve basis. I'm not just going to give them out randomly. I want to know that you're going to be there. So that's how you want to do it? Okay. Yeah, I think so. And then <laughs> That we'll works. But I, I, I got to say, yeah. if you're going to send me an email yeah. from one of these tickets, mm-hmm. uh, you can't just in the subject line say line. hi or something. Yeah. I mean, it's put something in there that's going to get my attention. So, you know, I want yeah. my free ticket. There you go. Right. Something like free That'll ticket. get me. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Otherwise I may end up missing your email. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Or if you're in the chat room and that way we can uh, say, if you're going to be in, um, it's, uh, the, in Sandy, Utah, basically Salt Lake Valley, uh, the 21st and 22nd of, uh, this is April. We're already moving through April. It's amazing. Uh, what else we got upcoming events right after that? It's the Nashville event. And let's see if I can pull, you got that there. There it is. There's a there's another uh, beautiful uh, poster for that. I don't know why you never switched it over. I saw other people using it. It's way cooler than this one, even though this is cool. What? Don't give me the sigh. What is that sigh? I don't know where it is. Oh, you don't know where it is. Okay. <laughs> I switched. I switched. This is the new computer, so I'm still trying to migrate things oh. over to it. But yeah, coconuts migrate. Um. Yeah. Are they? Are they? They carried by swallows. Yes, definitely. Yes. But is it okay. African or not? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take a pause because we are at the top of the hour, a little education break and come back a little bit more on the upcoming events as well as special deals and offers that are available to you and a lot of healing empowerment. That is uh, part and parcel of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thanks for being here. The power to heal is yours. What happens when you uh, catch the, the the bad guys in medicine and science dead to rights? No, ser- seriously, I- I'm asking a question. What happens when you catch them? What do they do? Well, they probably want to distance themselves from whatever they're caught doing or maybe deflect in, in a way by attacking others that are doing something bad or wrong so you don't pay attention to what they're doing bad or wrong. And this is the uh, the essence this is the essence of this article from The Defender by U.S. Right to Know. Headline reads, U.S. officials reluctant to criticize Wuhan lab, the Wuhan lab research. Why? Why are they reluctant? I mean, you think, gosh, darn it, they're doing such bad work. I don't want anybody looking over at me doing whatever, but uh, hey, look at the Wuhan lab. No, don't. Because they're afraid that by calling out the actions of Wuhan lab, they'll reveal that they're doing the very same dang thing. Yep. They won't criticize Wuhan Lab, U.S. officials, because they're doing the same thing domestically. That's according to an email recently revealed. U.S. intelligence and health officials voice concerns that publicly questioning research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology called out actions that we ourselves are doing and demanded access that we ourselves would never provide. This is according to an email obtained by U.S. Right to Know. So, you know, how many of you have said, all right, I don't like what they're doing there at the Wuhan lab, but at least transparency. We 
let's demand transparency. Oh, wait, if we do that, then they're going to demand transparency for us and we're doing the same thing. We don't want anybody to see what we're doing. Ooh, that's a sticky wicket, isn't it, for those of you in England? Because that's happening there too. All of the bioweapons research labs in Ukraine, all of that everywhere. It's like there are no clean hands here. And so we are left out here to criticize what happened at Wuhan. But we are also open to, I am, criticizing our own government or deep state, dark secret government, whether it be NSA, CIA, FBI, whoever's doing this stuff, NIH, who's supporting these investigations that can result in absolute global disasters. Officials at the uh, uh, Office of the Director of National Intelligence, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the U.S. Department of State voice concerns that publicly questioning research at the Wuhan lab complex called out actions that we ourselves are doing and demanded access that we ourselves would never provide. Ooh, isn't that a rough moment of reality come home to roost? I, here's the, I think this is the email. In March, Joe Biden signed a bill to classify intelligence related to Wuhan within 90 days. And then they're going, whoa, 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 not so fast. This could un- end up blowing back on us because they'll see that all the stuff we exported to Wuhan, we're still engaged in, whether it be domestically or elsewhere, that we are funding directly or indirectly around the world. This is, again, an ugly part of self-reflection for those of us who believe in this country where this show originates, the American uh, experiment in, in, in liberty and freedom, which we've long since abandoned, and we have mad scientists owning and controlling and running many of the agencies, or those that believe in and worship those scientists, or those that are profiting the conflicts of interest, the control, the capturing of themselves and their agencies promoting horrible, dangerous agendas that are not even close to the origin point of the integrity of what I believe is right and good and righteous about the United States and its origin point. I'm not above and beyond self-critique when it comes to our own country. We've done things that clearly are not living up to the high ideals and including the adoption of the medical monopoly a system that would proclaim that it has the intelligence of our creator or maybe greater intelligence than the creator to alter creation itself for the purposes of what? Well, if it's the Fauci's of the world doing it, they claim we're doing it just in case somebody else does it so we can be ahead of the game and create the antidote for the thing that we create that has not been created yet because God didn't create it. That's something that man would do. Great, great excuse, right? We're going to do it first. So in case it happens, we'll have the antidote. In the meantime, the thing that we did first, we make sure it gets out to the world so we can use it to our advantage to lock down, to shut down, to destroy uh, the economies of the planet, to usher in global governance, digital IDs, central bank digital currencies, 15-minute smart cities, all under the guise of we are going to create this to protect you in the case of war that is uh, conducted on a biological level. Biowarfare. The argument is we got to do it first. So somebody else is going to do it. I don't know how many of you are buying that as a legitimate excuse or an argument, but even they are on the inside concerned about calling out the things now they have to. They're forced to, even though they funded it, stuff that happened at Wuhan. 
Big dilemma, isn't it? And if you feel powerless to do anything about this, I, I'm not going to criticize you for feeling powerless in that way. I, I get it. I mean, you know, you're not on the inside. You're not controlling and pulling the strings. You're not funding this stuff. Or if you felt like, you know, I'm going to do something about it, or I have done something. I've written letters to Congress. I've written letters to the president. I've written letters to senators and find out it doesn't do a whole heck of a lot. It's kind of like Jonathan E. Mord, uh suing the FDA and winning, beating the government eight times and then finding out the other side of that uh, or the recipient of the loss in that, in that court case says, we don't care if we lost or not. We're going to still do what we want to do. And you go, well, I feel kind of powerless there. I couldn't do it there, even as good as I am to do it there. So he decides, as, as I support him, to run for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine because having someone uh, like Jonathan Emord there would be a benefit, I believe, to us all because of the impact he would have in that sphere of influence that he would gain with the knowledge and integrity that he would bring to it. Do I believe that it would uh, eliminate the deep state overnight? No, not any more than if we got the right president, so to speak, to do that. It's part of the agenda to correct if we have an agenda here, but we're not hiding our agenda. We believe in freedom. You believe in freedom. That's why you're here. You don't want mommy, nanny, daddy, state government telling you how to live your life, what you can take for a disease that you, well, we didn't have until government said you had to take something that created it, like a shot or a drug, or you have to eat the food that they're now wanting to inject with mRNA, gene therapy. We'll get to that too. I'm not encouraging you to feel powerless. I'm just acknowledging that the feeling is something we probably all felt. Maybe currently we feel it. It's like, it's daunting. It's overwhelming. It's like, how do we, you know, you can't fight city hall, but now we're talking city hall at the, you know, the largest empire in the world or a global governments beyond uh, even our shores and our borders. If we even have borders anymore. So I, I acknowledge this, the feeling and I would then encourage you to go beyond the physical machine of what we know exists, the powered money interest, the entrenched conflicts of interest, the way the world seems to be working and has for a long time and go, well, there's something that's got a little bit more power. Not with the intent of using violence or force, but acknowledging that there is a creator, God, a creator of us all. Now, as we pray to God and ask for help, is it a plea that says, I will do nothing and you will do everything, God? Or is it a plea, God, please show me what I can do to make a change, to make a difference, to have some level of impact if it is the right thing to do? And, and somewhat, you know, I, I think of the my, not my will, but thine. Right, acknowledging that, yeah, I, I have some smarts. I know some stuff, but I don't know as much as I think I would like to know. And so it, within the context of what I do know, I'm going to, hey, you know what? I'm just going to ask for guidance. Show me the way. But still, I have to then act on that information or that guidance that I receive if I'm open to receiving it, if I'm asking sincerely. I'm not even asking for what we call divine intervention. Some of us, some of you may be feeling it's the only way we can make a difference here to get out of the disease creation machinery, the insanity of the collapse of the economies of the Western world to usher in 
you know, full on socialism and communism, not for the benefit of mankind, not to help poor people, but to basically make everybody equally poor and controllable and malleable so that you can make the shoes. You can be the cobbler for the uber wealthy, the folks that uh, I think George Carlin referred to occasionally over the years. I'm asking for guidance. I'm here to do some things. I've, I've adopted strategies based on the guidance I've received so far, but I'm not delusional to think I can do it myself, nor am I delusional enough to think that I know the exact thing that needs to be done to make some of these corrections. I can only impact that which is in my sphere of influence, and I don't do so by deception, coercion, or force, or fraud, but by living as I believe is correct, the correct way to live. And maybe others go, hey. He's doing pretty good. Maybe I could try a little of that. And then you put it to the test yourself. But that's in freedom. That may be a little bit of a slower method than divide and conquer, which is like, oh, it's so instant gratification. I divide and I frighten these people into doing what I want them to do, or I threaten them with their heads off with their heads if they don't do it. You know, this is the kind of stuff that's in history. That's what man has done to man, sometimes in the name of God or religion even, but of course, in the name of government as well. How about the peaceful coexistence that occurs when you recognize the divinity of all of those around you? Not to the ignorance that uh, would deny the possibility that they would do some corrupt and evil things, but an acknowledgement that if we look to the higher parts of each of us, that we might inspire others to go beyond what they believe is their only way of getting ahead now. Remember that... uh, that uh, paperweight or whatever that is on, on Ron Paul's desk. I'll never forget it. Um, don't steal. The government hates competition. You know, it's basically, we have all of these examples that the only way to get ahead is to thieve, is to take, is to violate your rights. And then I can get ahead. It's like, I can trick you. I can deceive you. Whereas those that recognize the materialistic goals of this world are not fulfilling truly, although it's fine to have material comforts and things. I'm not disputing that for those that want it, but to do so in an illicit, deceptive manner comes with a price. Some would call that karma. Some would call that sin. I would say it's an opportunity to learn from choices that we make. It's like, oh, maybe our priorities were off a little bit. It wasn't as fulfilling as I thought having Remember how many how many yachts do you need to water ski behind? As many as I want. If you want that, fine. That's the freedom we've been given, although much of that freedom has been altered in a, a very deceptive manner. And I don't think it's because of the American way of life or the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence. In fact, quite the opposite. It's the fact that we've abandoned those documents and the true meaning, the origin of those documents to limit government and to maximize the freedom of the people to make choices when we are left of our own accord to figure it out, we find, you know, I think it's in our best interest to get along with one another rather than invest in gain-of-function studies to see if we can weaponize something before somebody else does, then we'll pretend we have the antidote, the cure, which the cure is actually the weapon. Because that's the other side, the other end of this, this discussion that's kind of prompted me to do what I'm doing right now, whatever that is, I'm not sure, <laughs> is that the claim that we are doing this research in order to get ahead of those who would use this research for illicit devious purposes ends up being the the actual intent and purpose of doing the thing that you want to do before anybody else does and then the weapon itself becomes what you claim to be the cure the covid jab etc 
So with that, I'm going to pause, check in with Super Don here, uh, hour two on this Wednesday, the 5th of April. Some of you might be getting spring. I haven't seen it yet, except that I had a little glimpse of it by hanging out in Clearwater with my Nutritional Frontiers friends over the weekend, which was awesome. We had a little bit of snow on the ground, a little overnight dusting, but it's it's all, it's all it's that time of year where you get the crappy snow and you're tired yeah. of it, but then it's melted and gone by yeah. afternoon. You're still making up for all the times I made fun of you from Florida. You know, I'm getting tatered with snow every day. That's karma. Isn't that what they call that? <laughs> Am I being punished? <laughs> Leslie says it was 83 degrees yesterday. She's getting the farm ready every day to receive blessed RSB family in July. That's right, Leslie. Talk about an upcoming event that's going to be amazing. The RSB family union. Uh, July 14th or 16th, if I'm not mistaken there. An upcoming events tab. That's still there, right? I'm scrolling down to that one. After the Functional Medicine Expo, an advanced medicine conference, Memorial Day weekend in St. Louis. We have the Goody Farms Homestead in Southwest Missouri, July 14th, 15th, and 16th. A, a weekend to remember. That's going to be amazing. And then we have the Las Vegas Biomed Expo, September 14th through 17th. And gosh, there's so much more. I know we got to update on the upcoming events tab. Yep. Yeah. Hey, that looks like a super widescreen monitor. Is that part of that new computer you said you had to get a repair and stuff? This is actually, it's the same. It's supposed to be anyway, the same yeah. size as the other one. It's just that it's got the, um, it's got the low profile, the profile. edges you, because I'm going to put a second one next to it. Oh, wow. I'm going to, I'm going to have dual. You're going to be surrounded. Dual monitors. I got a new desk that I got to put together and, and all that. I've, I've got grand ideas here. Yeah. A little bit at a time here, but fantastic. It's been a while. It's That's been awesome. a long time coming. Yeah. No, you, you've you earned it, my friend. It's amazing. <laughs> Just amazing. Yeah. So uh, let's see. We're going to have Goody Farms chicken. Wow. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm telling you, there's some great things happening. Goody Farms chicken. That sounds like a, like a, that should be a business. I think so. Goody start. Farms chicken. The farm, uh, farm to table that we're going to experience there. Oh, you need to get Super Don in your podcast suit, Leslie? Yeah, I'm sure Super Don will do that. Talk Goody Farms chicken with you. No, she needs to get me her podcast episode. Oh, oh okay. Never mind. Hey, I misread that. She doesn't want to have me on her podcast. She should want to have That would be an interesting podcast. podcast. <laughs> I want to. You know what? I want a podcast. There you go. How about that? 24-7 podcasting. Would I get sick of pie by then? Maybe. But I, I'm worth. I, it's worth a try. So we got some folks uh, sounding off over here on Rumble. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I don't get to see the Rumble stuff. So what's going on in Rumble? How are we doing there? Let me see here what I can do with this here. Hold on. Are you going to show me what it looks like on Rumble? Maybe. Now he's off microphone. I can sort of hear him in the distance. Ah, all right. Let's see. Maybe I can set this up so you can see here. Okay. Anyway, um, Daily James tell me he is most looking forward to the pie in July. That's oh, that's Leslie's husband, husband James. Okay, you guys are probably going to have to arm wrestle for the pie. It looks like is that right? Who who's going to battle with me, James? <laughs> He's looking for the pie. You know, look, James, you should be grateful because I'm incentivizing pie making at the household. There, little little gratitude around here. Oh my gosh. Pie casting. Yes. So there's there's the camera that we got there. 
Okay, so that's the new camera. It's so on we'll, the it's on the, the thing there. If it's y'all are wa- not watching this live, you're missing. This is the cool stuff I'm seeing behind the scenes that I haven't yet seen in Super Don Studio. That's the this new computer great. right there. Sweet. All right. We got something that one. works again. All right. So let's see if we can go over to the chat room. I'm just holding. Oh, man. Hold on. Where I got re- to mirror the camera. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> uh, video backward. settings, mirror. Okay. So we're going to go over to the chat room. Okay. See, and this here I'm monitoring. I've got Fox News and I've got uh, the Rumble uh, video going on there on the other gotcha. monitor. I wish there was a way that the the Rumble chat was integrated so I could interact easily, easily, uh, but I can't. So, so tell we me got Cetros Spotlight mm-hmm. is having trouble with the, uh, apparently with the website saying that the uh, the watch and listen tab is not working. Maybe that's why we're having problems with uh, people not in the chat room today. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I, did, I ought to just set this up like this. <laughs> right? That's cool. Anyway. So let me see. I'm going to refresh the page, my watch and listen page, to see if there's any problem for me. And uh, so far, let's see. It's No, it's, it's fine for me. It's working well, for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me go into, I'm going to go, I put RSB, and now I am in the chat room. And I do see Chris is there. Hey, Chris, my buddy. And Catherine is there. I'm here. I'm here every day, she says, but not active on chat because when your show is on, I listen while I prep dinner. Okay, Catherine. See, now I'm getting hungry. I'm thinking pie and dinner and all kinds of good stuff there. So very cool. Well, thank you, everybody that watches on Rumble and shares the Rumble channel as well uh, because it's harder to see the, the uh, chat live, but Super Don is monitoring it today. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out some way to try and, and plug it in somehow. No problem. Uh, it would it be rem- is it okay to ask you? I'm sure it is about the interesting article in hour two that you've brought to my attention. How they're concerned about criticizing Wuhan because it might mean the camera goes on to them and they're like <laughs> they're doing the same damn thing. Yeah, I mean it's I it's it's not it shouldn't be a shock. You know, it's funny because when you were talking about it, um, it just. I came to mind, you know, just recently we had this this Chinese balloon thing, right? Everybody's like, oh, the Chinese balloon. And, you know, it's funny when you when you uh, take a step back and kind of look around and realize, that, you know what? We're doing the same thing to China. Just nobody ever talks about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like... It's not like... And I know all the uh, people are, oh, you're a communist, Super Don. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm, I'm being honest. Uh, all countries spy on each other. They mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Now, wh- wh- why China decided to float a balloon over? <laughs> That's kind of in your face. It's making a statement. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're, we do the same thing with China. You know, I mean, we spy on China and China spies on us and, and uh, China and us spy on Russia and Russia spies on, you know, uh, Iraq and Saudi Arabia. And I mean, you know, it's the, the spy game is a thing that all countries participate in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, if we were going to, we were, everybody was getting, Oh, I can't believe that China spied on us. And I, I was kind of laughing about it when I saw it. Cause I was just like, we do the same thing. Everybody yeah. does the same thing. They just got caught, you know? And every time that they catch something of ours, they, you know, they, they do the same thing. They'll shoot something down and they'll, they'll take it or they'll intercept it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't surprise me, you know, that, oh my goodness, we, we've got dirty hands in the, 
in in uh, experiments and science and and all that stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, that whole thing that was going on in Wuhan mm-hmm. and that was going on in the labs here in the United States that stuff been going on for years. It just nobody looked at it. You know, then yeah. then COVID came around. It was like, oh oh dear, uh, what are we going to do now? It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the, the level of, and the thing is, you know, there's stuff going on we don't even know about. Oh yeah. Now, yeah. do I do I do I speak of that with verified knowledge and, and firsthand experience? No, I don't. But come on, it's just common sense. They are doing stuff behind the scenes that we don't know about. That if we knew about, we you know we'd be yeah shocked, we'd make your head explode. At what it is are, that's going on, Super D. Those are the things I was learning about. Gosh, in my I would say late twenties, you know, before, well, I was, I was just studying to be a homeopath at that point. So I was open to a lot of things, but uh, mid to late twenties, I was digging deep on, I guess it's the, how the world really works questions. Cause I had a natural curiosity. Once I realized I was lied to about so much about my body and health that I wanted to know, how does this thing really work? What's the, what's the, uh, you know, what's the order of the universe? Of course, it always leads me back to God, spirituality. And, you know, whether you're in an organized church, synagogue, mosque, temple, whatever religion or not, you know, whatever, uh, okay, I guess satiates your appetite for discovery, satiates your appetite for knowing how the world, how the universe, how creation really works. And some, some are of the mindset that, you know, you have to wait until you die to figure it all out. And that's fine if that's you, what you believe. I, I'm just not that patient. Oh boy, oh, now you're really getting deep here. Yeah. Should this be relegated <laughs> to our Sunday show? Uh, uh, I don't know, no, not necessarily, because I mean, okay. this is one of those things you want to, you want to discuss because yeah. man, can you drill down on some of these topics? Because there's like, mm-hmm. where do you go? Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. I I've had this conversation before. Religion is an interesting topic. Uh, and, and for me personally, mm-hmm. um, I'll give you an ex- I'll give you an example. You, you remember Mike Phillip? I, I worked with him for a really long time. Yeah, we've had him on the show, right? A American Uck Radio. He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he just recently—I I say recently, but it's probably been like several months now. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know, he started this the show that 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 I helped create with him was kind of a kooky, kind of a morning zoo, talking about the news and joking around and being silly and stuff like that. Because that's mm-hmm. always been something I've, I've been attracted to. That, that style of, and, and that format. But um, we were having a conversation and he was kind of trying to figure out what he wanted to do with the show. And I said, listen, the bottom line is be you. Mm-hmm. 100% be you. Because that is what translates out over the air. If it's genuine, then people pick up on that. If, if you're just putting on an act, that, that turns a lot of people off and you come across as fake. Because it's just be you. Just, just, you know, whatever it is, who you are, that's who you should be on the air. And that's what you should do. That was the best advice I got. Overnight, his damn show turned into a ministry. And now it's like a Bible study thing, stuff like that. And it's like, I, I kind of was, you know, doing some other things. And I came back to the show after he'd done this. Yeah. And I'm just like, what show is this? Huh. You know, on first James chapter one, verse three. And I'm like, what is going on here? It would alternate your, uh, you know, uh, uh, universe if I jumped into and so i talked to him about it. i was like dude i you know it's like that's cool he's mm-hmm. really good at it and you can tell he's being him mm-hmm. he's doing his thing right that's that's who he is and he's really good at it um and so i was like dude that's really super cool but 
I don't know what I have to offer you at this point because I, right, that's not your real house. That's not me. So you know, and, and so you know, I I was talking with this talking with him, um, and I said, you know, I I envy some people that will look you in the eye and they will tell you mm-hmm. that they know, yeah, they know what's going to happen when they die. They know, you know, and they, and they have this relationship with God and mm-hmm. Jesus and this, this stuff like that. And, uh, it, it's like, I, I wish, I wish there was some way I could figure out what the magic formula to that was mm-hmm. because they seem to have like these awesome lives, right? You know, it's just like, they don't worry about anything. Everything's all good. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and sure. to me, I just, I like sit back and I'm just laughing because I'm just like, mm-hmm. where, where does that even come from? You know, because it's like, when I, th- when I think about these things, it's like, I'm so, I'm such a, like a logical, you know, kind of, you know, like connecting yeah, the dog. You're, you're a giant mental body. I, I, dude, I am such, I'm, I'm like the, the poster boy of, of, of agnostics. I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like I go, oh, well, no, that's impossible because I've seen enough in my life where it's just like, okay, you know, something's going on here. You know, this is not, you know, just random chance things that happen, you know, uh, type thing. But at the same time, it's just like the the dude in the sky. I mean, you'd say that just, no, come on, man. You know, it just, there's a lot of that doesn't make sense. And this is the reason why I, I was, I've been so turned off about organized religion. Mm-hmm was because there's so many things that don't make sense about the, the you know the, the the organized side of this thing the yeah. dogma and all that kind of stuff it just doesn't make any sense check out chris's uh, uh comment just briefly real quick an immortal doesn't die let me see so, if that's, that might not that might fit on there there we yeah, go yeah an immortal doesn't die so why wait for the illusion of death to start soul inquiry where Paul is quoted in the Bible as having said i die daily he probably did a lot of astral traveling again interpretation of it, and this could be offensive, offensive and upsetting to anybody. But we're in talk media, and so you don't get to not be offended. Although I am sensitive to that, I don't offend on purpose. But I like talking about this subject, Super D. You know, because it's 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 who I am. It's what I've experienced as well, and enjoying my journey with you because, in many ways, your critical thinking skills could sometimes ground me. And, and I and it's a great balance I perceive, but my perception based on my experience is like I, I would fall into the category of. Yeah, I, I'm pretty comfortable with what's going to happen after this body is done because I've experienced it in this lifetime. You know, having right. had the, the you know NDE or near death experience, or and and practice things that could allow me to have that uh, direct relationship, more overt and conscious of it. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, other people will have it via various different means. Some may claim it through mushrooms. Some may claim it through other religious practices. But I, you know, you're fascinated as I am in in meeting people where they are and asking them questions about it. You know, what is it? If you can, if you have the opportunity to do so, what is it that brought you to that awareness or that state of consciousness? Yeah, I guess I'm just still way too two dimensional when it comes to like religion and faith and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because it's just like yeah, I just I, I can't help. It. I'm like trying not to laugh right now just thinking about it. Where it's just like, mm-hmm. well, I know. It's like, how do you know? Yeah. Well, but, but I know. Well, yeah. but yeah, but how how do you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I just do. Yeah. Well, I would describe it from a, you know, personal experience and, right. and, and that's, that what, you that's recognize, what you believe, that's what you believe, you know, through that personal experience, you've had, uh, events or, or, uh, um, what would you call it? Transformative. We taught spiritually transformative experiences, the NDE to the STE. 
that convince you of something that you can't necessarily convince Super Don of, and nor would I try other than to share, hey, this is my experience, this is what happened. And it and it, it's not reliant upon whether Super Don believes it's real or not. Just, you know, it's nice as Super Don doesn't make too much fun of me for believing it, although I can handle it. Uh, but, you know, I respect people's beliefs. I do. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You know, this is the whole reason why it, it, uh, you and I, I think, have, have been able to work together so well mm -hmm. is because, yeah, do I have the ability to put on a skeptic hat and be a, a jerk about things? Of course I could. <laughs> but what's the point of that? And, and, yeah. and you know, there's a lot of things that, that we have talked about. Well, okay, I won't say a lot. There's been a, yeah. a handful of things that we've mm -hmm. talked about on this show. Uh, like when you when we were doing the whole the the, the quantum healing thing, you know, right. yeah. and I gave you some crap about that. We, we, we did, kind of, you know, like okay. So I, I told you know I said whatever. Anyway, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into it. But um, you know what? The way I look at it is, if somebody does something mm -hmm. and they feel better or they get better, it doesn't matter whether I believe it or not. It worked. Right. Yeah. I mean, it worked. I mean, obviously they, 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 they tried it. They, they did it. They said they believe that it, it works and it worked for them. They got better. They got healthy. You know, the disease went away. They cured their cancer, whatever. It worked. You can't say that. Oh, no, that's fake. Cause if you look at what happened, it worked. Mm -hmm. Right. So whatever, more power to them. I don't have to understand it in order for, for them to be able to do it. You know, that, that's the thing about the, I guess, if I dare say the wisdom of your experience in that, how to go through life and enjoy life, even though you're surrounded or you're interacting with people that have widely different beliefs, things that you can't even conceive of or perceive or think is on you know, quietly, secretly behind. It's kind of crazy. You know, it's like, do I bring that up or I go, Oh, that's, you know, I believe that, you know, this has helped you and I'm grateful for that. And it's different than I've had experience or, or, or belief in. And, uh, like I said, that's why I just appreciate people ultimately who live what they believe. You know, and I hopefully and prayerfully, it's a life of loving service more than it is of, you know, dominating and angering and, you know, and cheating and stealing and all of these other things that seem to be obvious to us anyway. It's like, well, that's no way to go through life. That's not fun. We're but always in a constant competition of being right. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like me, you know, I have to always be right. You know that. Such a diva. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, um, I don't even know how we got on the topic, but yeah. Yeah. No, this is fun. And then to be able to debate and discuss it. I, I like what happens in our audience because, you know, we love Leslie. I love Leslie. She's amazing. Her family is amazing. And the spirit of, uh, you know, the distinction of, of appreciating differences in people and their experiences and even being able to laugh and be silly about it and tease about it. And now, of course, there's mean spirited teasing and then there's fun teasing because you actually have genuine affection for people. And how many people ultimately are going to agree with you on everything? Well, nobody in reality. Uh, that's something that's just not realistic because we're not created to be believe the same thing, everything about, I mean, there are generalities we could, but you, you, as I've said, drill down in any church, synagogue, mosque, or temple about the theology of wherever you are. And you are going to eventually find that everybody in that congregation will have a little bit of a different interpretation or belief about it. If they've thought about it at all, do you excommunicate those people that don't believe the way you believe in the same church, synagogue, temple, or mosque or life itself? Or do you ask more questions about why do you believe what you believe in and are genuinely curious about it? Not so much to change them or have them change you. Maybe that happens, but just because you are genuinely interested and curious 
in people as I am, which makes life a lot more interesting and overall a lot more fun than looking to go, how can I, how can I disabuse them of their belief? Now, some of you might say, well, isn't that what you're doing about health and medicine all the time? Yeah, I guess to some degree by communicating things that I've experienced, but in a way that is not deceptive or coercive or usually degenerative in that sense. But those that tune into this show probably have been through so much that they're now looking specifically to learn about something different about medicine and health. And it might lead to other things that we talk about because I believe health is not just the physical body, but it's emotional, it's mental, it's economic, it's political, it's spiritual, which is why I try to weave my beliefs or beliefs that I think a lot of us do share, whether we're in the same religion or not, is secondary to the beliefs that you have. You could have beliefs of someone that is in a completely different church, doesn't mean, you know what I'm saying? But it's, wow, we can focus on all those distinct differences or we can go, well, that's cool. Let's have a good time. Let's enjoy each other's company while we're here the time we've been given. So, yeah, that's what Leslie, I appreciate and respect every uh, where everyone is and I'm willing to laugh at myself and others. Life experience alters and shapes our interpretation of everything around us. Exactly. We see things through our eyes. We hear through our ears. And, and, and as I uh, remember uh, sharing the experience at the, uh, the uh, U.S. Health Freedom Congress and the um, debut of the, the movie Anecdotals by Jen Sharp, and how we were at the same event and there were people that had a, a very few people that were there that had a very liberal democratic bent on their viewpoint of the world. And then there were mostly others that were predominant were either Republican or libertarian or conservative, but you know, very freedom oriented, don't want the government involved in their lives because they've been engaged in natural health and healing and been persecuted and prosecuted for it for much of their life. So they've come to a different conclusion about this. And in the experience of listening to the guest speaker, um, there were th words that were said that were apparently charged words that Democrats perceived differently than those that, you know, more align Republican. And so we had a nice discussion afterwards. It was quite extraordinary and enlightening to say we just were in the same room, hearing the same words, watching the same person and had radically different experiences. I was like, well, that's not possible, right? No, it was very possible. It happened in real time. It was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. From the theoretical to the practical and pragmatic, we could actually then debrief the experience and go, oh, I didn't hear that. I didn't feel it that way. And then we talked to one another, not that I was wrong for not hearing it the way they did. It was just, this is what I heard. And you, that's what you heard. How cool is that? And then we realized how much we are manipulated by those that want to keep us divided and control us by charging those words and using those words specifically to cause us to be so reactionary that we, they, we, we divide off into our sides so that we're always in a constant state of aggression and battle and fighting each other so that those, what do I say? The guys that uh, George Carlin would talk about, the club that we're not in and who, the, who runs it, continue to feed off of our fear and anger and discord and then manipulate us into various levels of slavery, which could be offensive to someone who has been raised as a descendant of slaves in like say 18th, 19th century America versus those that have read the history that don't have that personal connection through familial history and would go, I get that term slavery. It doesn't offend me to use that term in a different way. Much like those with Jewish heritage talk about the Holocaust. And if anybody mentions the Holocaust today, somehow you are degrading the memory. So every group, if you will, is potentially uh, participating in the, I can use that word, but no one else can. Because you know, the word Holocaust existed before the Holocaust, I believe. As did slavery. You know, I mean, and that's, it's, 
I haven't thought about that whole controversy in a while, but yeah. that's, that's always been my take is like, I understand, you know, there is yeah. the Holocaust, but you look up the word Holocaust in the dictionary, there is a, a definition for just the word, yeah. the, you know, the noun Holocaust, yeah. you know, so, so yeah. people are, some people are kind of touchy, I guess. No, but that that's the point. But based on their experience and belief and maybe how they've been manipulated, they don't want to admit they've been manipulated. That's kind of an ego thing. But how did we get to the to where we are? And, uh, you know, for me, that's what's so fascinating about our differences, even though I believe ultimately we're all brothers and sisters in some would say in Christ, some would say in spirit, some would say in God. Again, again, we perceive it based on our belief system. But in the reality of creation itself, yes, we're all related, all connected. And we found, of course, that our blood relatives may not be as close to us as we thought. And others that we thought were friends are not friends anymore simply because we had disagreements about what the COVID narrative was or the shot is or the wearing of, of a mask, et cetera. And we find our tribe and we find out it's not just what it was in the past where it was only our immediate blood family. And we've maintained and built relationships like on this show to have an RSB family union. We're not blood family of the most part, but to come together and we enjoy each other's company and what we each bring to the proverbial life table, not because we're all in agreement on everything, but because we appreciate, and I do appreciate our distinct differences. It makes it awesome and interesting and fun even. So what a cool uh, discussion that we did not plan to have today, Super D. There you go. In the meantime, you've got a lot of COVID injured people waiting for government compensation. The same government that mandated loosely or else the jab. Now you go, Hey, I did it. And I got injured. I want heck, help me out here. And it, apparently nobody has been compensated or if anybody has, it might be a handful, but they, they haven't found it in this article the, under the prep act. Remember the public readiness and emergency preparedness act. How many people have actually gotten compensation after being injured? They don't reference even one, I think. Zero such claims have been compensated. 8,000 more alleging injury or death from the COVID-19 jab. Zero claims have been compensated. 21 have been determined eligible. Only 21 out of 8,000, but none have been paid. And 300 apparently have been denied as of March 29th. How about that? Mm. You trusted us. I always remember the Animal House uh, uh, you know, thing when they, they took uh, what Flounder's dad's car, big Lincoln. And he comes back, it's all wrecked, and you effed up. You trusted us. Well, that's <laughs> what you're left with here. <clears throat> Shouldn't have, but here we are. This is life. What, what do we fall for? What do we fall for? Now, we get into vaccine hesitancy here. This is a great article. I want to go jump right into this. The most vaccine-hesitant group of all. We actually covered this during COVID jab time, and we pointed out that it was the most learned among us according to official channels of learning, the PhDs. Now, it's like sort of a U-shaped curve because also the most hesitant group, second to the PhDs, are the those with a high school education or less. The hoity-toity liberal New Yorkers and, and Bostonians would say these are the, the rubes from the South, right? There's a little bit of prejudice coming from the North to the South even today. Maybe less so, but it still exists. I knew it growing up. And yes, the high school or education or lower are hesitant to get the jab. But to me, that's because they're street smart, if not also book smart, whatever that might mean. They're suspicious as well. They should be. And that makes them smarter than those with some college degree, bachelor's degree, master's degree, 
professional, but maybe not as smart as PhDs. That's interesting. That's that's a very interesting. um, Yeah, it's counterintuitive because Mm -hmm. I mean, based at least on what it is that they've tried to make people think Mm -hmm. that you know, it's just all those uneducated dumb people, the Trump lovers, right? Right. You know, all those those uh, knuckle dragging mouth breathers Mm -hmm. uh, that you know are anti vaxxers. But it's interesting on the scale here. Mm-hmm. The very the most educated people <laughs> are actually, according to this this thing here, they're actually more more hesitant hesitant than mm-hmm. the people with only a high school degree or high school education or less. Mm-hmm. How interesting is that? Yeah. Now, what is also interesting in this article it shows in terms of the time frame over over this this uh, discussion, you know, the three years or so, the peeling off. Right? We talk about. Is there something, Super Don, that will convince those that are hesitant to go ahead and get the jab or a booster? And it turns out, if you look at the highest hesitancy, again, PhD, second highest, high school or, or, or below in terms of education, who has been most likely to be peeling off to go ahead and get the jab from being hesitant? Is it the PhDs or the high school and, and below? Now, if you are a you know, a hoity-toity liberal, you say, well, clearly it's going to be the PhDs because they're smart enough to figure out that they should have gotten the shot. Right. But it's the opposite. Turns out of those two hesitant groups, the high school education lower are more likely, even though it's not significant, but more significant than the PhDs. Now, why would, if you had to speculate, why would you say that is? What is it that's convincing those Mm -hmm. people? Yeah. Well, I guess it's subject to the, all the radical manipulation we've seen, which one in each individual case could be different. Well, I think let's 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 think it here. Here's here's my my brain is going on that topic. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody with a high school education or less mm-hmm. probably is going to be in a lower income bracket. Yeah. And what was it that uh, in that was a lot of the um, strategy that yeah. the uh, vaccine pushers had during COVID? What was it? We'll, we'll give you a fifty dollar coupon mm-hmm. if you get a shot. Sure. Right. Yeah. Hey, play the lottery, get vaccinated, and you could win, you know, a million dollars, right? It was a money incentive, right? Yep. Uh, so, you know, get a free this, get a free that, yada, yada, yada. So, mm-hmm. you know, anybody who was hurting financially, which a lot of people were were, were uh, hurting yeah. during, you know, that three-year period of time, especially the first couple of years. So you dangle, you know, they're, they're wanting to feed their kids, they're needing to pay, uh, you know, the rent or whatever. Yeah. Uh, hey, hundred bucks. That can be a lot of money to somebody who's dead broke and you know has the wolves at the door. Yeah. Well, I, I I've not been a fan of PhDs with rare exception. You know, like James Lyonsweiler. Um, there are PhDs that you know are cool people. I, I don't get me wrong, but overall, I've seen them as more compliant. I just Chris just dropped something. And the higher the education, the more likely the indoctrination. This is from a Garrett Kramer on Twitter. It looks like. Ivy League universities that charge up to $75,000 a year are still refusing to teach students in person who are not up to date with their COVID jabs. Yeah, so on one level, you could say there's more hesitance among the PhDs, but the PhD universities are still mandating the jab. It's fascinating. It's a little bit of a, a, I don't know if dichotomy is the right word, but it's a discrepancy in in the reporting somehow. They didn't consider that. Uh, and let's see, uh, Cetros has joined us on our website uh, chat room at robertscatbell.com. Um, Super Don, check out Optimal Dwelling Spaces on YouTube. Get him on. He, he designs houses for EMF. Okay, so a suggestion for a potential. 
Oh, she says, she says, skeptics usually are right more than they're wrong if you think about it, skeptically. <laughs> no dogmas for me, Zetros says. It depends on whether you're talking about a capital S, mm-hmm. capital S skeptic or not. Yeah, healthy skepticism versus dogmatic skepticism, yeah. right? Say so she said no dogma, or he said no dogma. Yeah. So the most vaccine-hesitant group at all, uh, high school student education or less or lower, and PhDs. And uh, again, fascinating. Again, I wish the uh, the leftists, the hoity-toity New England uh, Ivy Leaguers would start getting in touch with the common sense that was the origin point of many of their, you know, universities, whether it be a Thomas Jefferson or, uh, you know, John Adams or others that, that thought about these things a little bit more in depth. Now, on to the food front, uh, talking about food, eat your vaccines. Uh, according to this article on Daily Clout, uh, Tom Renz and uh, looks like uh, who was on there, Naomi Wolf interview and talking about mRNA gene therapy coming to the food supply. Yeah, this is kind of freaky. Yeah. Apparently, uh, this is something that is real. Mm-hmm. They've been doing studies. There's an article out of the uh, published in the NIH talking about foods under application to be genetically modified to become edible vac- vaccines. So basically what they're, t- what they're saying here, what they're alluding to here is that uh, they've you know tried to get everybody vaccinated as best they can. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of people who haven't been vaccinated. So they're looking at the idea of, well, if we can get it into the food chain, right? We get it into the food uh, that people are eating, then uh, then we got everybody covered. So apparently in Missouri, people have gotten wind of this and they have uh, uh, a bill. Mm-hmm. Looks like HB 1169, which is supposed to try and push back on that, which will basically say, that any any type of uh, of ingredient or food that could possibly uh, result in gene a, a, a quote gene therapy or yeah. otherwise impact or something you know genetic material or genetic change in the user of the product uh, is not allowed. Now, how crazy is it? Are we in, in a, that we're in a situation where we have to have bills? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> to try and keep them from putting gene editing uh, ingredients yeah. into food. How far can you get from informed consent? You know, as people go to the grocery store to buy, you know, their their pork, bacon, or steak, if they eat the stuff, and, you know, it's already bad enough that I would argue that they're being given genetically modified grains instead of eating grass as they're designed, for instance. And or, you know, they're jabbed with other vaccines, as you know, or given antibiotics, depending. And even if you're at Chick-fil-A, they're giving you MSG. So uh, their factory farms are not eating organic grains and things, organic anything. But, you know, I guess people go, all right, that's just what we do. Now they're going to continue eating those things unconsciously and find that they're being delivered. What about all the people that ate it that got the mRNA injection already? Any consideration for that? I don't know. I, I don't mean, care. What, they're, what they're proposing here is that any any food product Um, that has something like this has to have a label on it that says potential gene therapy product. Yeah. Oh, you know how much, uh, big agribusiness and big pharma is going to fight against that bill. Oh yeah. It probably won't. They probably won't be able to do it. This guy, Uh, remember the, 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 um, defending your right to no act or whatever the dark act, whatever it was, uh, for GMOs, we just wanted to label them. Right. And they're like, oh, we don't want you to know because they're, 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 you know, you might choose to not get GMO food now. So then they, they lost the battle on GMO food for the most part, not a hundred percent, but they went, well, 
we're just going to now do this uh, uh, gene um, uh, splicing machine, whatever. What was that? This was is it what they. This is what they came up with. Yeah, uh, bio, now it says bioengineered. Bioengineered. Yeah. Yeah. And they like, made it, you know, made a nice happy picture, like happy looking. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a drug commercial. Right? All deception and manipulation. So, uh, if Missouri, let's see, is this a Missouri bill? It no. is. In fact, we I think we should get because Naomi Wolf, yeah, uh, interviewed Tom Rents about this. We should get Rents on. We haven't had him on, yeah, in, a while. Had him on in a while, and yeah. yeah, I think this would be an interesting okay, thing. To Naomi Wolf on again too. Yeah, she was fun. All right, we're about out of time for our regularly scheduled programming. I want to thank uh, Dr. Jurgen Winkler, who is terrific, by the way, and is using the Folium products, the Folium PX Super Antioxidant, and as well as the Folium Immuno, which is right there, and the Folium Relax. We got a little more insight. This is what I wanted to get from a physician, a practicing physician, to understand how it's being integrated at that level with a guy that has the, all the tools that you need or you'd think you need if you're going aggressive integrative, including IV chelation therapy, and he's still finding tremendous benefit from using this particular formulation. That's great. Congratulations, Babri. You're connecting with some good folks, and I'm happy to be helping everybody to find this wonderful product. And I want to hear more of your stories as you try it to get the 10% off uh, with RSB10, or just reach out to Babri at foliumpx.com. And we'll be back with the bonus round after this. I don't know what we're talking about because we've had some great discussions already. I don't know how we can top it. But if you want to hang out and risk it, we're going to try. Thanks for being here, everybody. The power to heal is yours. Just saw a question come in from Citros. Was the Folium product vegan I, I see no evidence of any animal ingredients in this thing are the capsules uh yeah vegetable, not, uh micro or whatever cell, they're cellulose or cellulose okay yeah. so I, I don't see any evidence of any animal products you know you've got grapeseed you got pine bark pine parts just uh, so uh i don't pine think cones pine needles pine trees pine bark so you guys check it out if ask a question uh babri i don't think there's anything that would uh um, be an animal originated product for that folium. So Marge over on rumble, she's mm -hmm. hanging out on rumble. Cause Twitch, I don't know what it is with Twitch, but she's had very bad luck with Twitch. Yeah. Uh, lately, but apparently rumble seems to be working. She's, uh, she was saying, talking about the Holocaust, what do you feel about the 15 minute smart cities? We talked about that on Friday with, um, Michael Bolden. Yeah, I'm yeah, guessing Margie. You must, you maybe you didn't you didn't tune in that day, so go back because we had, we we actually went in depth, uh, really I think quite a bit on the 15 minute cities with uh, Michael Bolden. Yeah, it was Friday show. Great discussion. Yeah, yeah, that was actually you know I, that was one of, actually one of the one of the better I think uh, conversations we've had with with Bolden. Yeah, well, because you were engaged. Well, okay, that too, but no, it I sucks guess when you just kind of tune out. Well, you know, when it's like Thomas Jefferson said, it's like, I, you don't like those quotes. I love I, those no, quotes. no, <laughs> I want to do that. I'll go back to school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought school is in fashion every day. Let's on keep show. it real, man. Just, yeah. Let's bring it down to the. So anyway, it, that, that was a fun conversation. Yeah. Uh, Kimberly Overton, we got to get back on. She's got a special a report in her Freedom Network. Looks like, I don't know if it's a documentary or something. Healthcare homecoming. Da, 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 da. 
Uh, Kimberly Overton, Nurse Freedom Network. Oh, yeah. She's doing some good work there. So I have to reach out to her. I know we'll be together in Nashville coming up, speaking of upcoming events. Yeah, I'll try and get that updated. Okay. All right. Well, so how is it possible that you can uh, mo uh, uh, monitor the uh, rumble feed? Because it's just not integrated. Well, like days. I said, I mean, I got, um, I've got. Oh, you've got it right there. I've yeah. got it right there. So here, I mean, currently my setup, and also notice that the angle of the uh, the camera there makes yeah. the monitor look really super wide up on it does on, doesn't on, it on, yeah you're right that, it looks like one it, of those super wides you it's know, just a 27 inch monitor yeah is all it is so i've got they look like monitor over here one. yeah and so i've got i've got fox on one side and then our uh rumble on the other side and i can see the chat room there gotcha is there anything interesting breaking on fox news um dude it's trump 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 all day all night trump but that's also happening at cnn and msnbc they're selling yeah movies. although i have i have uh resisted going over there because i know and it's just going to be irritating yeah you know, they're like oh the first historical indictment of donald trump and here's all the reasons why he's guilty yeah you know and then you're on fox and it's like you know, this is a uh, travesty and it's, uh, you know, the the legal system is no longer working. And Mark Levin was on last night. I, have you I, have you listened to Levin lately? Not lately. No. Has he changed a bit? You know, way back in the day, dude, I he drove me nuts. You and me both. He was the Oompa Loompa of conservatism. I mean, his yeah. voice was so high. Mm -hmm. And it's like as he's gotten older, his his voice is, has gotten lower. Oh, that's great. Which it's yeah, it's 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 tolerable now. Mm -hmm. But the dude's a smart guy. I mean, he is. You know, he knows the Constitution really well. He's a constitutional uh, scholar. Mm -hmm. um, you know, much like a like a Jonathan Emore. He's not a big fan of the Tenth Amendment, though. Yeah, he's a mixed bag. Yeah. He's a mixed bag, but he yeah. he he uh, had some things to say. I think it was on Tucker's show last night, if I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken. But um, anyway, so yeah, I don't know what's going to go on. Apparently, from what what I understand, you know, he did the whole. Whoops! What was that? I didn't need that phone. Okay. <laughs> uh, he got uh, arraigned yesterday, and he goes back to court in December. Mm. So we got between now and December, where it's like. You know, he's just going to be doing whatever he's going to be doing. But they're they're pointing out the fact that, you know, the timing of that, that's going to be right in the middle of campaigning, right? Mm -hmm. Actively campaigning for president. And he's facing, apparently, 34 felonies uh, that, from what I understand, are kind of bogus. But Yeah, trumped up misdemeanors and maybe yeah. out of... I don't even like talking about it. I think it's so it's such a distraction. It's stupid. Oh, but, I know. You know. We'll, we'll probably end up talking about it to some degree tomorrow with Jonathan. Michael but, Bolden just joined in. We were just talking about you, Bolden. Is that why you showed I up? No. The Friday show was awesome. We had a great show. I was, where was I? I was live from, uh, that was, uh, let's see. We went to Lynchburg, Richmond, and Leesburg. So that was the Leesburg location, I think. Were you, you were still in Leesburg? Yeah. Was I sitting on the couch that day? I don't even remember. I think so. What? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, that was a great show. You're right. And mom just joined. Hi, mom. Uh, also, um, when you think you made it to the best part of the show, Michael, 
uh, because you know the the ending informal chat of the bonus round we kind of had that uh towards the bottom of the hour two where we i went in because of the the article we went into some really deep philosophical and even spiritual discussions super d and me and y'all out there with some chat rooms action which we, i really liked i enjoyed so you're gonna have to rewind today to hear the best of the show I don't know if we can top that in the bonus round, Michael Bolden, but we'll try. DJ Katie's in the house. I see her. Shout out to mom. So what do we got? We got uh, uh, tomorrow. We should have Emord on the campaign trail. See what's going on out there. What's the latest? And I think there's another scheduled guest tomorrow. Uh, there is, as a matter of fact. Uh, it will be. Micheline, from imbibe lifestyle yes see what that's all about and then uh friday is good friday and looks like we'll be doing an encore as we got you know a travel thing i'm trying to figure out maybe tomorrow morning i could record something for easter sunday so otherwise known affectionately known as resurrection day okay yeah so maybe i'll have some new stuff for that before heading back and then we have uh are you what are you what are you doing on easter uh my wife and i are going on a a, a little trip and i'm going to be emceeing an event at the temple there in in colorado uh nice. and uh the yeah. temple yeah so we'll do that and then come back so it'll be a nice weekend we're gonna have a house full of people are you and another big meal by my wife, which mm -hmm. is awesome. An Easter splash of food. Yes. Children and mm -hmm. Easter egg hunts and all that well, kind of stuff. Hopefully you're out of the snow. Um, I don't know, actually, to be honest with you. It's shit. You know, listen, the, the, it, the things are starting to change. I've noticed that in the morning, it's yeah. not as dark as it was. Yeah. It's a little bit lighter in the morning now, which is nice. So. Sunday, we're supposed to have uh, 63 degrees, dude. Dude, that means you're going to be walking in mud. 63 degrees, a little wow. bit cloudy with maybe some rain, but it's going to be mm. 63 degrees. Bring it on. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at my my uh, schedule here. It looks like next m Monday of next week, we'll have that 66 if that holds. That'll be amazing. Wow. That's a For shocker. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, hang in there. It's coming. For those of you in Florida, you know it's already come. So uh, and in Georgia, and I think in in Missouri, where Leslie says it's eighty something already. Yeah. Hmm. All right. See, Leslie loves Bolden's history lesson. Super Don, just like I don't even know why Michael Bolden talks to you. Oh, whatever. <laughs> just because I uh, I like just shooting the breeze more than. Mm -hmm. Being taught history um, does not mean that what he's saying is not okay. <laughs> I just go, I make a sandwich when he starts talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to make him make our pal feel really good. Well, I don't, I don't, it's all right. You and him can talk about <laughs> yeah. ben Franklin and mm -hmm. stuff. Unbelievable. All right. All right. Did we miss anything of upcoming events or, or special deal? Uh, I'm going to get that updated. Maybe you and I can talk for uh, just a, a minute. Um, okay. 
after the show. Okay. To see if there's anything that I don't have that I need to put up there. Otherwise, I just need to get rid of the stuff that's over with. I'll check and see if there's any more online events. I'm sure there's a handful that I can throw up there as well. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you guys checking those out. Um, And I guess TTAC is still happening, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, I think. I don't know what episode they're on now. Okay. It's getting close to the wrap-up for the, the, the final quest kind of thing. Right. Dude, I just got a notice for graduates uh, from Trinity. Mm-hmm. They are putting out some amazing folks. Uh, certified traditional naturopaths graduating first quarter of 2023. Certified holistic health prof- practitioners. Certified natural health professionals. I'm very encouraged by what's happening at Trinity School. Loads of new health coaches. A couple of people from through advanced biblical studies. Certified aromatherapy specialist. Certified holistic fitness specialist, certified master herbalist, certified master iridologist, certified nutritional consultants, certified zyto specialists, endocannabinoid professionals. Wow, nice group joining the the marketplace of uh, empowerment here for healing. This is very cool. Just you know, this is the kind of thing you you see when they sort of start, and now I'm seeing all the graduates coming through. I'm very very excited about what that means for the health of everybody here that encounters a trinity graduate more of them to go around we need more that's very cool do we have uh, um any uh webinars this month that we should know about that that are that are on not on the calendar uh yeah i'm gonna get that updated today okay i mean there are some if you go to if you go to the uh the upcoming events you'll see that there's there's still a few that you can get plugged into. Oh, when you say webinar, what do you mean? Cardio Miracle? Like a Cardio Miracle or other I webinar. need to confirm the date on that, but there okay. should be one this month for sure. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. And we have, as far as our AMA this month for our patron supporters, we just did a Saturday one in mm-hmm. April, in March. So in April, we're trying to do a weekday. Um, I'm looking at the 24th or 25th, possibly. Okay. Are we are we gonna, gonna uh, confirm that today on the show? Right yeah, maybe after. But I'm looking at the, those are the two most likely days. So we're days. looking at a, doing a Monday, Monday or a Tuesday. Oh, a Tuesday that'd be different. Twenty fourth or twenty fifth, yeah. Okay. Leslie votes for the twenty fourth. No, uh, have she has she sent you a pie yet? Yeah, no, I'm waiting for that, and then then we'll for sure book the twenty fourth. Okay. Yeah. Pie casting. <laughs> Did you see that NASA has named the crew of the Artemis II mission? Yeah, well, they're supposed to go around the moon and back with new technology. It's going to be the, uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of cool. If you believe that they're going to do it. Yeah, show the pictures. This is there four of them? Let me see. Hold on. Is any of them uh, 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 transgendered? Because if not, then no, no. They got they got a, a woman, uh, a black guy, and then and two the, white guys. So, so three with white privilege. It's, it's a uh, yeah. It's a uh, well. I guess well. I guess no. It's not racist. But what, what do you call that? Um. Hmm. There's not an old person. There's not a yeah uh, ageism. There's no Latino. Right. You gotta, you, you, you I mean, I suppose one it. of them could be gay. I don't know. We don't know, but you have to cast this just right or else it'll be <sighs> protest. Massive, massive woke protest. I don't know. Anyway. 
And the so question supposed is, to be happening next year. The question, why are we doing it? Why well, not? That they are. What do you mean, why are we doing it? Well, here's the question. All that money that they say they need from you, you say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you can take it and do that because they're already, what, throwing it out at you. The NASA, the NASA program, I mean, that's, that's space exploration. Get out of here. Leave it alone. Step away. That's okay. That's something we can spend some money on. You know, okay I actually, I, I got hot under the collar yesterday because I, yeah. I was, you know, I get these Twitter alerts on my phone mm -hmm. and I got one. Biden administration approves another $2.6 billion for Ukraine. I was like, yeah. What's a billion dollars anymore? It's nothing. Right. You know, and then these guys will sit there and haggle over stuff. It's just like you, we're, you're sending billion. You can just come up with a billion dollars, two billion, two and a half billion. Just oh, out here, here, let me write you a check for two and a half billion dollars. Now, granted, I think I, I don't think they're sending him a check. Yeah, I think it's it's two and a half billion dollars in like weapons systems right. well, or it's, something it's, or whatever. It's, but it's still, it's money, you know. To Raytheon and you know, on and on it goes. And right? I go, I go back now, and I forever will do this. Every time that the the government spends billions of dollars on something, mm -hmm. I, I, my mind is always going to go to that place where I'm going to go. You know what? Uh, $50 billion, we could get all the lead out of the water in the entire country by re retrofitting right. all, all of the, the water systems for $50 billion. Why aren't we doing that? Mm -hmm. Why are we spending billions on all this other stuff? And it's just like no big deal. Well, the way you feel about Ukraine and the you know military payoff, of course, some people pay, feel that about NASA. I mean, if we can just yeah. drop billions of dollars left and right and stuff like that, let's throw some billions in on something worthwhile. Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't get it. Yeah. And it's like, they, where's this money? How are we going to pay this back? We can't pay that back. Not with the way our economy is and with the, mm -hmm. the, the amount of money that we're so deep in the hole on at this point, you know, my, why don't you give them a hundred billion dollars? What difference does it make at this point? You know? Yeah. We're screwed. <laughs> well, uncouple from it, you know, minimize your uh, exposure, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Artemis 2. I'll be watching it and rooting for it and telling you to shut up. Hey, Christine, Alan, how are you doing, Christine? Nice to see you there as well. And uh, Cetros only needs 100 million, not 2.6 billion. So, who? In the, in the chat room. Oh, he'll take just, or she will take just, uh, yeah. is it a he or she? We don't know. Oh. There's no identifier. Uh, maybe their gender. Neutral. My pronouns are I was right. Marge is leaving us because she's going to go watch Kate Daly. Okay. Say hi to Kate Daly from us, Marge. All right. Well, anything else to go over at the moment? No, I think that's it. Thanks for monitoring the Rumble feed. Yep. Thanks I will try and do better at that. It's it's still something I'm getting used to. but Yeah, but I like your new setup. But you're right. To, to look at the monitor on the right-hand side of the screen right now that from your other camera, it looks mm -hmm. like one of those super wide monitors. You're right. Yeah, it's because it's it's a bit yeah. of a it's a bit of a fisheye lens a little right. bit. This is a yeah. this is a really cool camera. Yeah. Um, I can I think I was telling you before the show I can go 60 frames per second on this, which is mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. But um, anyway, I'm gonna have two of these here side by side, so I'll be able to be monitoring everything right in front of me instead of right. on the side. I thought it was gonna be 
uh, so wide, I didn't know how you'd fit them. But when you go head on, it's like, oh, it's a normal size monitor in that context. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Leslie, for all the love. I think Nancy heard the Monty Python open today. She was laughing at it. I didn't hear it. I didn't play that this, uh, today. I don't know then what she was hearing because we is she she asking about saying something about Monty Python? Yeah. Uh it's because we were talking about the coconuts and the swallows. Oh. Oh, see, I forgot that we had even done that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's that there's actually a, a number they've come up with on the mm -hmm. what the the velocity what I can't remember what it is now. The how fast it can fly. I can't remember what the how exactly oh, how it was. Come up with some updates since Monty Python. They, they actually have an, in, an an answer to that question. Did you know yeah. that? I figured there would be. Was it through Chat GPT or something else? No, 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 no. It's a okay. trivia question. Hmm. There is an actual answer to that that uh, age old Monty Python question. What is uh? See you, Satros. Thank you. Are you a, a he? Always oh, a he. He says it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, what is that bottom picture in the in the list of things that you have? Look, I don't even know what that is. Below the astronauts, it's on you know on the left hand side. I see it. All of these different monitors that you have. The thing uh, below that. Yeah, that's that's the ending video for the show. Oh, it says Mickey Friendly Twelve. No, it doesn't say anything. It just has SD on it. So, oh, but it's the it's the the picture of our logo, right? Uh, no. It? No, well below that. There's like more below in my screen. Oh, you're talking about the camera right there. Hold on. There. That's it. Yeah, I didn't that know what was that the was. the second camera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. I, I can do was. multiple cameras and stuff. So Thank you for clearing that up and confusing Speaking me. of, no, no, no. Before we go, before no. we go, you stepped in it now. I did. Uh, we have been teasing for a long time here that we're going to get you in the relaxed mode in the bonus round in your recliner back there. I feel like I haven't been home enough to do it. You've got the camera, you've got yeah. the super long cord. Yeah. When, when do we get to get to see you relaxing in the lazy yeah, boy there? I'm nervous because I won't be able to see anything or monitor it from way back there. I'll just have mm. to trust that everything's okay as I'm chatting with who I don't know. <clears throat> okay. But I, I intend to do it. I do. I have the pieces of the puzzle to put together if I'm home long enough to do it. So I think you should just go for it. Come on, man. Because, you know, after the, the Easter weekend, I'm going to, um, uh, what do you call it? When you, I can't ever remember the name of when you conduct a, a memorial service. You're, you're, you're wake. Uh, it's not a wake, but a memorial service, kind of a, a memorial service. Yeah. When you conduct it, what is that called? Not moderate it. Preside. Um, when you, um, I don't know. Anybody have a better? I don't, have my, I don't have my thesaurus with me. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, you know the Quinto family, uh, natural immunogenics. They lost their dad. You know, mid last year, and uh, I did the officiate. Show. Officiate. That's the word. There you go. Thank you, Leslie. You came up with that, Leslie. Well yes. done, Leslie. Uh, probably one of her daughters came up with that word. Uh, but I, I, uh, I'm going to officiate the mom's memorial service as well for Ruth Quinto, who um, passed away like six, seven months after he did. Uh, so that'll be on the 15th in Sarasota. So if anybody wants to go, I don't know if that's open to the public, but if you have any connection to the family, uh, I'll see you there. Okay. Well, that's all I got. So unless you've got something else. Oh, Cetros has given us more information, usually chiming in under his name, Jim. 
That's the foundation he volunteers for on Rumble, Cetro Spotlight. I'm not familiar with that foundation. He says, check it out. Couldn't get brave to work. Yeah, it's inconsistent. Brave kind of sucks. I'll just be honest with you. It may it may be something where you know you don't have to worry about cookies or something or whatever like that. But it's, it makes it's, it difficult for a lot of things to. It's you know, not compatible with a lot of things. Yeah. So yeah, officiate. That's what I would go with Firefox. They've got a lot of great tools for privacy and and protection and and stuff like that. <clears throat> and allows you to pretty much do everything you need to do as well. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks okay. for hanging out with us today. Thanks again for uh, uh, Dr. Winkler. Thanks for Babbery for hooking us up. Y'all check out the uh, Folium, Folium products, man. They are rocking. And again, I finally got my desire wish to get a doctor on to talk about his experience or her. I wouldn't care if it's he or her, but in this case, Dr. Winkler's experience, I think, uh, you know, got some more confirmation of what I've been experiencing and talking about. So. And another another reminder that for those of you that were a little bit concerned about the erythritol situation when it came to Cardio Miracle, their new yeah. formulation is out. And it's good. And it's really good. Yeah, it's definitely better tasting than the uh, than the old one. Mm -hmm. So that is available now. Cool. Y'all get your Cardio Miracle too. All the discount codes are there in the more tab at robertscottbell.com. I think with them, it's just RSB, but regardless go get it just click on the link that'll get you the the, the automatic uh discount okay well god bless y'all thanks for being here see you less than 22 hours from now tomorrow have a good day yeah